right. Welcome to another episode of the Couch Command. It's been a while. With me today, I have Vangelis. Hi! I bought Disney Plus for this podcast, actually, once upon a time. I was just thinking about that earlier, because I couldn't remember if we had... If we'd done this during the current era or not, but we did, because the last time I talked to you, I said something about board games. So I'm pretty sure we did. Yeah. Wait, Disney... Why would we have... I bought Disney, Disney Plus I bought Disney what? Plus because I didn't know how to watch The Black Hole. Oh, and, snap. And then they were about to have all their fancy new shows, and I thought, like, well, this is an excuse to get it. <laughs> we we still will need to do Black Hole, but uh, my buddy has hit with got hit with some life. Yeah. Some hard, like, life pretty hard, so we're going to put that off for another month or several until he's back in action, because he's like... He's like the he's my uh, black hole guru if one exists. Oh dang! So, we'll get back there. Um, but yeah, uh, this podcast uh, it's because everyone's talking about it. And it might be the first time in my life I get to talk about it. Uh, <laughs> he Man, uh, He Man, uh, but but specifically Kevin Smith's Masters of the Universe Revelations, which has caused Last Jedi levels of uh, of internet discourse. You know what? And you know what? He Man yeah, always yeah. wanted to have that, so I, I, I was <laughs> I joked about that on Twitter. I was like, you know, because I could I got stinking replies at some point here and there, and I was mm-hmm. like, man, we're hey, He Man finally they wanted it with the live action movie, and now they did it. They have achieved the Star Wars tier. Good for them. Uh, the, I, I I cannot wait to talk about um, how much I hate the Last Jedi, but. <laughs> There is an angle what year is it? that no one else. No, no, no. We'll, we'll get there because I want to do all the Star Wars movies. But there's an angle that no one else has noticed or touched, oh, and oh, I guess boy. I can bring it up here. Yeah, it's the fact that um, uh, when you do something that bad, uh, that makes people that angry, all of a sudden people care that much more. Like a beautiful thing that I saw happen to the internet. Uh, when The Last Jedi hit. And, like, I, I felt it. Like, I was, like, when I first saw the movie, like, I walked out because there really is, like, a, a social aspect of, like, you know, you don't want to be on the wrong side of history. And, like, it got a little too, like, it gets weirdly political. Geekness has gotten weirdly political lately. Oh, it, so, it's, uh, I mean, there there is a history one can trace back to uh, before then. But there's a solid... There's a solid chapter marking in 2013 that one can trace back mm-hmm. to. Yeah, so like walking out of it, like I wanted to say that I liked it because I didn't want to be like you know I don't want people to think I'm a misogynist or or a bad person, and like that was part of it. Also, part of it was like I was the hugest Ryan Johnson fan uh, up to that point, I, and I think I was like the only Ryan Johnson fan up to that point until that happened. So I was like, he, he can't fail. He can't. He'll do everything I like. Oh my god! And then I thought about it. But the the the, the thing that I noticed that happened, like, and it, it started with Mahler. He's infamous, but it was a beautiful thing. Like, I, I, a lot of people saw like a lot of articles about like toxic fans or whatever. And I went deeper into the fandom and I found love. And, and like, all of a sudden, like before that, before the desecration of Luke Skywalker, no one gave a fucking shit about him. Like, me and my friends would talk about him. But there was like, there's no like lore channels. There was no like fan site. There was I didn't see much of anything. But ever since like the Last Jedi, where we saw, where a lot of us saw him totally destroyed, like all this love started bubbling up. All of a sudden, people care about Star Wars lore. 
there's like areas of Star Wars that were just never dove into. And after that happened, the Star Wars fandom is better than I've ever seen it be in my entire life. So I do think that's like there's good that comes out of desecration. There's and there's also uh, what I would call the the reaction to lots of lots of what I call drive bys, uh, like. With He Man's a classic one. There's a lot of people who claim to love uh, He Man because they're mad, and it's mm-hmm. it's amazing how many of them uh, have assumed that role because it it allows for them uh, to be real mad right now. Uh, capitalism, man, it's capitalism. Like, well, yeah, it's they uh, haven't. They're like, if you're a YouTuber, it's the monetized and, and anger. Job. It's the monetized anger man platforms. It's mm-hmm. probably the most unrespectable uh, vocation one could pick up. Uh, yeah, and it, uh, it, 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 it ruins it, a lot of stuff. It kind of, it kind of has made star Wars untalkable for, uh, for quite a while. Um, now for some, now star Wars is, has kind of like in, in, as far as like having drive-bys show up, they, the, they all went to, they all went to other places for the most part. They like, if, I, if you, if you follow the chain, like the, mm-hmm. um, it's finding a topic of the. It's finding a topic of the day every day. So they a lot of them. A lot of the anger boys were all prepped for He Man uh, because they already had gotten lots of uh, traffic out of being mad about Netflix Shira, and uh, you see the exact same <laughs> names. You see the exact same nonsense. It's why I'm excited to talk about uh, Motor um, because I, I liked it and I and I got some crits. Uh, but you can't even uh, say it. Uh, without people I've never seen before showing up to start <laughs> yelling at me um, about uh, uh, stuff that doesn't actually relate to the show at all. Either. <laughs> the, this is why I wanted to bring up like there's there's that there's been way more than just and uh, everybody's experience is valid, but there's been more way more than just the one experience. Such as like uh, for Star Wars, uh, since like for me the fall happened with the first movie, but after that. Like, I went to, like, the Facebook fandom groups, and it's been, like, a, a love fest of people caring about stories, plot lines, and, and, like, all this stuff that no one ever wanted to talk about with Star Wars. Like, it, it, it turned into love and fun. And um, then there's, like, all those channels, and, like, some of them do hatred in a loving way that is intelligent, that has made me smarter, and I've been, and it made me know more of why I love Star Wars, and... It's been so much fun. Like I've, I've I've had like yeah like because of the destruction, I ended up having more fun with Star Wars than I've had since like I played like the tabletop RPG. Yeah, oh, you- before we go there, before we go there, sorry. Um, I, I did want to knock out really quickly. You know what have you been geeking on? Oh yeah yeah. Um, uh, plenty. Uh, like I've been actually I've uh, no I was gonna start I was gonna throw in there quickly that uh uh what was it I'm. I got I got to not be on your Star Wars podcast because I'm going to make you real mad. <laughs> nope. That is you should be on my pod, uh, Star Wars podcast because I've been like this entire time that it's been going on. I've been trying to remind people that it's okay to disagree and you can have real conversations. All right. Like I just don't want yeah. I just don't want to set you off. But also I I do quickly got to check in. Did you at least uh, hit up post Ryan Johnson stuff? Because I like I, I liked a lot of his uh, what was I like Knives Out quite a bit. Not yet. Okay. Um, I want you to fully process another viewing of The Last Jedi and then, like, really talk it out and then go back to his later movies to see, like, 
when TL, I'm, I'm not sure what people saw when they saw TLJ because I've been following him since like his first movie. Uh, I, I was I was like such a fanboy that like I used to use his first movie as like first date material uh, back in the day. Where like you know if I'd have a date, I'd be like, all right, we gotta check out this brick movie. It's amazing. You gotta see it. So then like I I fall and then TLJ was not him. It it was it's so like then I started wondering like, oh my god, like uh, what was he good? Did I imagine it? What? So yes, I am hearing uh, fun. My buddy, you'll fun with with knives out whenever you do. I think. Yeah, my friend who also was pretty destroyed by TLJ uh, Max, um, and he was like, uh, "How did this guy ever get a job?" He saw uh, knives out and goes, "What the fuck? Um, He is good." Keith, what's going on here? So yeah, I can't wait to have this. Also, if you also, I'm I'm super down to be on for Star Wars Nine because I love ripping on that movie, but it, I don't want to mm-hmm. be super mean. <laughs> I, I I enjoy it because uh, it, it just kind of like finally, like to me, it's just a continuation of everything I've seen up to that point, and finally everybody's okay with trashing it. Versus like the first two movies. I saw all the same problems there. It's uh, it's ex- it's exponential, like poli- and that probably will relate to. It'll probably come up somewhere, but like, there's a whole thing of like rolling expectations as well, and and like kind of what happens when you're in the midst of of a story versus like once you hit the the final chapter, and you know, you, it's called episode nine, but it's like it's like you know, it's a little three parter, um, ostensibly, <laughs> a little three parter. The problem, uh, the problem I've been exploring is source of creativity. Um, where uh, I feel like with those movies, I learned like my comic book lesson that I learned in the, le- in the 90s a long time ago, which was like I was reading X Men and Wolverine comic books, and I was like, Woo, I apparently love X Men and Wolverine. And then they changed creative teams, and I'm like, Woo, ah, yeah, ah, that's f- actually, uh, I don't, I don't mean to keep like dancing around the what we've been geeking on, but like the, I, I think that because I had, I've, I've, I have a whole thing about like, um, assuming the best of franchise versus like taking story by story. And, uh, I, I'm always kind of a little bit mean about this, but like, yeah, I, 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 you watch some of the Disney plus Marvel series that are out there and, uh, Mm -hmm. and you kind of see how, how the, the very dedicated Marvel folks, like at times there are a lot of folks who seem less interested in in like watching a story and more interested in like matching it up to every other story that is in the same quote-unquote continuity mm-hmm. and i think that like that comic book lesson of like taking it just creative by creative is a really good thing to apply to just like uh your your filmic media and your your episodic mm-hmm. media as well uh because i had for i i i had i had deeply forgotten that's how I loved geeking, which was yeah. uh, like, yeah, hey Keith, sorry man, like it's it's not specifically X Men Wolverine. You like you like Larry Hama, you like uh, Joe Madureira. So then, like when I followed them wherever they went next, all of a sudden I'm having a great time again. Yeah, and yeah, Star Wars. It it's not so much uh, the brand name, but apparently, oh god, like man, I ate crow so hard. Uh, it was George Lucas that I loved. Um, yeah, we're getting. Well, we can just talk, but like, this is, let me just say, like, this is also yeah, with the, the, this is what happens when it's just you and me. This is what happens when it's just you and me. Is there's no one else to notice that I'm elongating <laughs> your podcast? Uh. Yeah, oh, we gotta keep it starting two hours too. Yeah, um, uh, yeah, like uh, the the post production people, Brian Klein. Thank you, uh, <laughs> thank you. The the Sonic Cla- Clang, Sonic Clang. He's he's actually got like internet fame as well. He, he does Doom covers. 
and it's it's not a small deal. Um, mm-hmm. But anyway, back to um, Star Wars, George Lucas, blah, blah, blah. I ate crow so hard on that because, um, like, up to, like, you know, the prequels, I was really, I hated the prequels, and now I've come around to loving them now. Uh, but I hated them so much, then, like, finally Disney got Star Wars, and I was like, finally! It's free of George Lucas. I'm going to get the best movies that money can buy. I'm going to be so happy. See you fucking later, George Lucas. Apparently, I never needed you. Ha ha ha. Ha ha ha. And then The Last Jedi happened. And I'm just like, oh my god. And then, like, the, the trickle of my mind just started going, hey, Keith, um, I think these are, I think these are worse than the prequels. And, like, I just felt George Lucas's shadow just appear behind me. Like looking down, going, uh huh. I went, th- I went so through this with Quentin Tarantino back in the two thousands. But what, what, uh, what was your turn where you figured out that? Oh shit! I guess he is good. Oh no! It was more I liked him, and then I actually don't like him very much anymore. <laughs> oh uh, yeah, my love for him continues. Like, yeah, he, I and I appreciate it. It's just he like I had this moment when I watched um, the the Grindhouse two parter thing, mm-hmm. and Death Proof lost me so hard. I was like, what the hell? And then I was like, it must, yeah. it must be me. But then like, the, no. I watched two more movies and I was like, I'm actually finding him actively irritating now. And, uh, I have all the, I can go on about that, but like, it was, it was another moment of like me just sort of thinking, no, I'm pretty sure I'm going to love what this dude does. And then kind of like processing like, Oh no, no, this is, there's a journey here. <laughs> yep. 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 There's a, there, it, there's a good way of saying it. there's a journey of creativity and your creators and yourself. Yeah. And Which hey, is fun. speaking of myself, what I've been geeking on, the yeah. board game thing has gotten weirder. Uh, okay, I'm I've been getting into the the cardboard chits on hex maps stuff. Uh, I, I picked up Space Empires 4X, which is the most dry-looking space game you could ever play, and I'm really enjoying it. And I I just played Space uh, Empires 4X. Okay, so like with the streaming thing that I was going to do is like, oh, since people can see my monitor, now I can just pop up. Yeah, like, what I just it- noticed that. <laughs> I got your so. stream open. I'm looking at it. Yeah, so that's uh, it's it's a a four X game. Um, and I always forget oh what God. they all stand for. It's uh, explore, expand, exploit, exterminate. I got it. Um. And there's a bunch of different ways you can play it. There's solo modes, which is part of why I picked it up, so I can play it on my own. But I'd love to try it out with with a friend sometime. Um, whole bunch of different game modes in it. And it's basically you start with a, a home planet and some stuff, and you go out and explore. And then if you're... And does it have licensed stuff in it? Nope. It's uh, it's original. I believe... Well, I, I should take that back. There is a video game called Space Empires, but as far as I can tell, people mostly just know this game now. Um, Do you see the image where, like... Oh, yeah, someone, like, <laughs> someone put Star Trek on it. There's You could easily skin, like, Star Trek on it. Um, you can even do it at home with your with the chits yourself if you just, like, get some adhesive paper. Uh, hmm. But it's, it's a very fun game. Uh, and, and then um, I've just recently... I spent seven hours yesterday teaching and playing through as all three sides my first big box coin game called All Bridges Burning. A coin game is a counterinsurgency game. It's an it's the 10th one. Uh, it's an engine that was uh, started by uh, by a fellow named Volko, uh, I believe, uh, Volko Runka, um, who is an American guy. Uh, and I, I got into coin because I got a print and play, a free game you could print off on like three sheets called The Coin Tribe's Revolt, and it is a very basic, simplified version of a coin game, 
uh, about Boudicca's rebellion against the Romans, and I found it really fun. And so I decided to try one of these big ones. And so this is uh, the the coin games are all based on real history, but unlike most war games, they're less about I'm I'm a command some soldiers, and they more so gamify the politics and the mindsets of the time, almost on top of, if not entirely replacing the combat side of things. So, uh, usually there are four sides to these games. This is the first three-side one. Uh, this is about the 1917 to 1918 Finnish Civil War that I never knew existed till I saw this game. Uh, Same. And uh, basically, you play as you can play as there's the the Senate, who are the existing government who work with the Germans. You can play as the Reds, who are the uprising workers who work with the Russians. And then the third faction are the Moderates, which is all the non-military folks who would love it if people didn't erupt into civil war it's inevitable it's actually a moment in the game about halfway through where the war starts and the two militarized factions get military powers uh but it's super cool it's very dense to look at but the the experience of it is fascinating and i see like you got the series up now i was also interested in it because like at least half the coin games involve the u.s military which i just thematically find very uninteresting but like uh all bridges burning is in finland uh gandhi is the other one i really want to try um in part because it also has the card-based ai system but gandhi is a four-faction game where two of the factions are pacifists um, hmm. it's about the British decolonization of, of India. And then there's, uh, the, there's, uh, the third one I want to try is Pendragon, which is about the, uh, the, the Romans leaving Britain right before the, you know, Britain became whatever it was. Ooh. Uh, and there's one called Cuba, Cuba Libre, which I would like to play because it's one a lot of people cite as like one of the easiest and quickest ones to pick up. Uh, it's also been described as a knife fight in a phone booth because the map is so cramped between the four factions. And I kind of like the sound of that. Um, but as you can see, that that is a dense ass looking map covered in little wooden pieces. Uh, um, how do you even like? Uh, so yeah, are you part of like fandoms where someone goes, "Dude, yeah, check this out." Like, how would you end up with looking up a, a, a board game about Finland? So you you start off, you start off like, "Oh, I'm going to uh, I'm going to get into solo gaming," and then as you do that, you're like, "I'm going to get into, I'm going to look up what solo games people like," and then you start finding about other about other genres of board games Ooh. and things, and then you see someone mention space empires and the coin games and and stuff like that, and you're like, "These look a lot different. These look a lot more boring." And then <laughs> a year passes, and you've gone like you've gone nuts. I, I see actually Balt Matrix in the chat. Balt, I really like Cloud Spire now. Balt knows what that means. Uh, <laughs> and uh, and then you, you just hear about the coin games a lot, as like because the coin games are kind of this this fusion of Euro games and you know chits on a hex map war games. Because uh, the the war games thing is like usually war games are like you know, modern U.S. conflicts or World War II, for the most part. And it's like, you know, moving little things around on a map and usually trying to replicate the feel of historical fights, which is, like, fine if you're really into the history, and I'm not. Um, mm -hmm. But I like the idea of games that draw from history. Like, early on when I got into this, I was really down and, and digging these these two games, uh, Days of Ire and Nights of Fire, which are based on um, another piece of, of uh, history about, like... Uh, uh, an uprising uh, and the quashing of that uprising. The first game is uh, is is a little bit not really pandemic like, but it's like it's a little bit like running around a map and trying to just stay undercover and deliver things. Uh, and that's when the uprising is starting. And then Knights of Fire, the second game, 
is a game where there's two sides and the rebellion side will lose. So their victory condition is to get news of their violent quashing out to the rest of the world to make the Russians, you know, have to like back off. And I thought Ooh. that idea was so interesting. Yeah, the the battle for Buda- for Budapest there. That that game is like is a little heavy because it's like if you're playing the quote unquote good guys, you lose the fight. You do not win the uprising. You win by making the world see what's being done to you. Uh, cool as hell. What the shit? Like that's a, that's a really cool idea. And it, like if, who sat around is like I got to make a board game out of this. Because there's <laughs> a, like historical war games go back to like almost the beginning of board games. Uh, mm-hmm. and then it's like finding these historical war game, uh, type games that fuse into stuff like Euro games or that, that, that aren't just like super dry paper maps and, you know, chits moving around. Uh, it's like, you see how those little things are standing up right there. Mm-hmm. Um, like the game is actually best played on your own cause there's a, an excellent AI deck to represent the Russians, but you can have a player be the Russians as well. And all your stuff standing up means the player across the table doesn't know what your pieces are. When you're moving them around. So it's like mm-hmm. you're keeping them hidden. Uh, Space Empires has this too. Where when you're flying your ships around. They're always face down with a generic back. And then they're on top of a little number. That reminds you how many of the ship are there. But like you know your opponent doesn't know. Until you get in a fight. If that happens like what your ships were. So anyway I've been I've been like there's a lot of other board. I, it turns out I like a lot of board games. Which is terrible. Uh, okay it, hold on hold on hold on. Uh, I gotta say we gotta keep this under two hours. Yeah yeah. Um, I, that's why I'm, so, I'm kind of cutting it yeah. off there. Like I. I like a lot of board games. It's very rare I'm finding a genre I don't find enjoyment in, and that's real bad because it means I'm buying way too many. Uh, hmm. Like so far, the only one I've actually found like kind of there's two that I'm not as into. I find trick taking more confusing than fun, and mm-hmm. I found this out with Among Us. I don't think I actually like social deduction games that much unless we're all role playing. But if it's just all of us trying to be more clever than everyone else, I find that like somewhere between. Kind of satisfying to straight up irritating. <laughs> hmm. uh, so, like, I don't know how I'd ever do playing a game like Werewolf or something like that. But uh, <laughs> anyway, I, I, I'm right. I'm pre-seller at Werewolf. Yeah, uh, but yeah, like, there's a lot of other stuff I'm geeking on. But I, we brought this up before, and it, and I just played Allbridge's Burning like yesterday. Uh, so it's been real fresh on my mind. Like, yo, Transformers had a Netflix thing. That's gonna come up when I talk about He Man. Uh, there's you know, there's a bunch of other stuff, but yeah, that's what I've been geeking on somewhat. Cool. Uh, let's see, my geekery. Uh, I I wanted to like so uh, just to tip my my hand at like what I thought of Revelations. I was pretty uh, lukewarm on it, uh, and I wanted to see like you know something similar, like uh, something in the same vein, and like we just wanted like you know like can it be done? Can can it? Can what I want to see be done very well, and that's where I was, I've gotten back into Castlevania. Mm-hmm. Uh, have, have you watched that? Yeah, Castlevania is awesome. I'm super mad at Ellis for turning out to be a scumbag because that's a ball and chain on the series. But like, oh, mm-hmm. the it's still like like you can even just watch it for powerhouse animations work, and like, oh, it's so good. So, oh my god, it's good. Because uh, yeah. uh, I went in very very like. Uh, all right, whatever. Like you know, uh, the U.S. wants to make an anime. Sure, okay. Oh, comic book writer. I'm sure this will be good. Cause I, I, I just imagine Warren else is going to like phone it in. Uh, cause it's a cartoon. And then like it just it just started throwing haymaker punches of of quality into the animation. 
was just like, whoa, what's happening here? Yeah, Powerhouse is uh, amazing. I watched the Greek series they did where it's like probably some of their weakest work, and the the show is dumb, but like, it still has really pretty stuff. Like, (laughs) like, Powerhouse are, are, I would like to see them do Transformers, if I'm being honest. Like, Powerhouse are just good. I want to see them apply, uh, shoot. Okay. I, I was about to say something pretty, uh, blasphemous for me. I was going to say, can I see them apply this to live action? Cause like if, if, uh, Castlevania hit the same quality of animation and storytelling on HBO and live action, this is, I, I think it would be the next Game of Thrones. I, I honestly like, would love to see Powerhouse do Common Rider. Because their action mm. direction, uh, I have a whole thing about like how action direction I like is often based on triangles, and mm-hmm. Powerhouse get it. Like their stuff is very triangle oriented. Uh, Interesting and Rosetta esque. Yeah, it, it, like I, I would watch them do like a common rider story with that kind of action. Like it's not even the violence or anything. It's they know how to make the action punch with rhythm, especially by season three. Like they're just friggin' hitting okay. it. <laughs> yeah, um, I I, uh, I I stopped at season two a while ago because it ended so fucking good. That I was like, okay, shh, don't 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 mess this up. I don't want to know that you guys don't hit that height ever again. I I just so I let it go. But everybody was like, no, Keith, no, no, no. And I'm in season three, and shit, damn. <laughs> yeah, the uh, like. Well, I'll tell you, they never. I don't think they ever really let you down. Like by the time the the because the story for the most part it sounds like it's over in part because you know Ellis, mm-hmm. but uh, they it ended well enough. And and like there's few I can critique bits and pieces, but on the whole, I'd just say like now you can watch the whole thing and like you for the most part get a lot of really good stories and really get, good action scenes. <laughs> Yeah, the stories and the writing, the dialogue, like, the, there's, like, this uh, scene where uh, this one dude, the, a forge master who can make demons, sat down with someone, a demon that was once a Roman scholar, mm-hmm. and he was just talking about, like, what life is like and torture, and it was just written so well that, like, my jaw was hanging, and I was just like, what beauty is this? Um, like, there, there's one shot, there's one shot that made me, like... Forever, like, wake up as to how good the animation was. And it was in season two where they're doing the final showdown with Dracula. And uh, Trevor does this move with his whip where he kind of swings it around so that the tip drags across the ground and ignites mm-hmm. the fire in it. Yeah. Oh, so they those kind of action scenes are the thing that, in my opinion, they objectively get even better at as you go through the rest of the seasons. Like yeah, like, when they did that in one section, I was like, "You didn't have to do that at all," and everyone will still love this. But yeah, they, yeah, you, I I, I have like dissertations I can write about some of the action sequences in the final season. Like it's just, I it's amazing. Like and and it's like that's also why I was so happy with the final season because that was the post. Oh no, Ellis, what what are you season? Mm-hmm. And it's almost like powerhouse up to their game to go like. We got to pick up the slack because this dude whose name is on the thing has let us all down. Uh, um, that's another conversation that I would love to have sometime about, like, what happens when you find out your favorite writer is uh, not w- a person that you like. Oh, I, yeah. I, I, like, and I've gone through that. I have, like, considering how often I end up in this position of folks, like, is it okay for me to watch blah, blah, blah? It's like, I have gone yep. through this, I think, more than most other people I know as far as people I look up to disappointing me yep. in multiple 
uh, facets, not even just like movies and TV or comics, even a band that I liked since high school, their lead dude, mm-hmm. uh, has super let me down. Um, and it, I, yeah, I have a whole mindset about it. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, 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 I'm a continuing journey. Like the first time it happened to me was, uh, Ender's game and Orson Scott card. That's, Orson that's Scott a good, that's card. a good solid one to start with at least. Like, <laughs> holy sh- Yeah. That was like, my, I was like, cause I, I read Ender game and like, uh, I, I was just like, holy shit. I just, I'm changed. This is one of the greatest things I've ever read. It's so intelligent and, and open-minded. And then Orson Scott's cards, like, blah, 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 blah. But like, what the f- how did you write that? That even happened. Like, I, I, that even happened in board games. There's a guy. Uh, there's a guy who's, who's done a number of games, and he has this insistence on constantly writing his these essays attached to the games, which take a mm-hmm. sort of nebulous like All right, maybe this dude's just like not quite getting a certain approach to this topic. And then he writes this essay in the rule book where it's like, oh no, you're just a you're a lunatic scumbag. Okay, <laughs> but yeah, like to me, it's like you have to. You should have to be a level of intelligence. To write Ender's game that I don't see Norrison's got. It, it, I will. I, I, I would honestly love to have a conversation with him. I, will, I just. I need to fucking know. Like, how, how do these two connect? What? Please. How? How did you write this? Like, say what you said again. Okay. Now look at this passage in the book. See how your character wouldn't like you. Literally, the band I'm talking about. Like, like when the dude went down his first QAnon hole. Half mm-hmm. of the album that came out that year was super progressive in the lyrics, and I was like, <laughs> "What is up with you?" What? Is- yeah, it, 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 I'll say like I, uh, I've I've fallen to I'm a, I'm on a middle ground of okay, I can't deny the person laid down fire, like I can't, but I'm gonna continue to think about like, so how did the person I don't like end up doing this, or like like there are like things will happen in a movie. That uh, like there's like a movie called Galaxy of Terror. Yeah, uh, I wanted to podcast about that so hard. I was ready to run around the neighborhood saying, "Everybody, I found one of the new greatest movies of all time!" And like, it's a fun journey because like you, you turn it on and like it'll like surprise you how great it is and how great it looks. And then uh, you'll finish it and then like you look through the credits and like one of like the the names at the bottom is James Cameron. Hmm. And uh, it's like his first movie where he kept on putting in lots and lots and lots of overtime. And he was just a small fry on it. But uh, he used that to make Aliens. And it's really good. And then, like, there's like a... It's like, you know, 80s raunch. So I, I do like my raunch and nudity. Um, as long as everyone's in on it. Mm-hmm. So there's a section in there where a lady gets attacked and, you know, stripped down by a monster. And I'm like, ha ha ha. If we're all in on this, then I'm cool. And she wasn't. Yeah. I found out, like, I was watching, like, I was like, I, I, I dove into, like, the commentary and, and documentaries. They're like, so, then she found out what she had to do that day, and she didn't want to, got pressured into it, and then, it was, and also she almost died, because the, the safety wasn't, and, like, that, it's a, it, it, it lasts, oh, okay, I'll say it, it's not even quick. It, it can last, it lasts, like, five minutes, it mm. felt like. And before I found out, I was like, all right, you guys nailed this. Like, we got raunch, we got sci-fi, we got horror. This is amazing. But now it's hard to watch it because, like, now I know that the discomfort I'm seeing on screen. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, off track. It, of, it's like, off track of it. Like, the thing I would throw in just, like, because it, it's, a, it's a question that always comes up, I think, for folks, also, especially because the way we, we uh, present how we like media is online so attached to identities now uh, of our of our own selves. What I always say is, like, 
it's the it's basically it's the difference between um dang i really like uh the usual suspects it's a shame about kevin spacey screwing this all up for me uh mm-hmm. but you know privately i might still watch a clip or two to remind myself like of the bits that were pretty cool but like it sucks blah blah it's that versus like you all should watch the usual suspects mm-hmm. and i'm not even going to mention the the thing that could make it awkward for you like like you know when when uh, this actually is relevant to common rider right now mm-hmm. oh yeah I, i've heard only whispers of like what the hell uh, yeah basically there's a voice actor who posted some like super super racist stuff and also blackface and never really commented on it he just quietly deleted it and i i've got a decent like presentation How long ago? uh like a couple years ago <laughs> Okay. Not yeah, not so also he uh spent 7 years in Germany and has been on Broadway. Um Whew. and uh basically like I I I've seen it written and I I believe this that he's he's with a powerful talent agency or probably telling him like you just never talk about it because in Japan no one will will really uh you'll still get work and he still gets work and I think that's real screwed up. But it's like, you know, uh, is it is this now like a a bad show to watch and it's like you can watch it. It's just like, like I highlighted the silly toy where the two riders combine into a T-Rex. And if you look at it for more than two seconds, you actually can just see it's like one dude burying his face in the other guy's butt. Um, <laughs> and I shared it. And then I was like, in another tweet, by the way, character on the right really sucks. Do do voice acts. Him seems to be a somewhat unrepentant racist. So like, that's, oh, that's a bummer. Yeah. And it's like, you just gotta, you just gotta mention it. If you're, if you are going to talk up the thing, it's like, you just gotta mention the bad part too. Uh, yeah. and that, like, I, I, it's when, okay to want to check out entirely because of the bad part. Yeah, I, I'm like, uh, I think, I think there's a reality also that I, 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 uh, also have now added to the, you know, how I feel about all this stuff, which is like, um, productions have so many different people in it, and, like, probably everything I loved had some piece of shit in it, and, like, probably did something bad in it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because, like, and therefore, like, it's okay to love the art, but recognize the bad person. Yeah, it's a weird. Yeah, yeah. it's just like it's just like because um, the thing that I see that I always tr- like do try to talk down is like don't stand up for the art because because someone doesn't like the bad person involved because then you're standing up for the bad person. It's right. like let someone rip into it if it is on the backbone of like the bad person because they're right. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. that person sucks, and if their influences are in certain spots, and you can see it, it's like, yeah, that it completely befouls something. And then, like, also specifically, if the bad person's at the very top of the thing and rakes in franchise money on Harry Potter every single year, then yep. like that does go beyond like, oh, just the, the art, because it's like, nah, <laughs> that every single merch sale goes towards funding transphobic bullshit. So like, that's oh, God, that's man. not cool. Like, it, I don't. <laughs> It's not. I don't know, man. I do, I really don't know. Like, cause uh, okay, that's bad. But then Harry Potter, the entire universe of it, has brought so many people together, so much love, and has taught people about. It has done so much good. It, it did. It so, did. What the fuck? Like it did. And then that's that's why the thing I tell people. I say this. It I said this about does. Kevin Spacey too. It's like, uh, all it did all that good. And it is this person's fault that all that has been squandered. So if y'all are feeling real bad about it, you know whose fault it is. <laughs> you might be, so my path of it is lately uh, still embrace the art and get what you need from it. Because like, like special things like this don't always happen. But like, I guess I, you guys got to be able to like, you know, also be aware of like, hey, like 
just don't ignore the bad. And and listen to the uh, folks who've good. been let down who are also targeted by what the author in question uh, has yep. has fallen into. Because a lot of a lot of folks, a lot of folks who are targeted, loved that stuff. And I can't even fathom something that's been with you since childhood turning on you like that. Because uh, yeah, I, I wasn't cause... there for that. And yeah, if, if Ari Salvatore, like, uh, the, his, his story is basically turning me into the person that I am. If I find out he's a mass murderer, I'm not giving up those stories. Like, those are too important. <laughs> you get those to keep the stories. It's just like, if people go like, hey, that dude's a mass murderer, you gotta be like, yep, <laughs> you let me down. Really sucks. All right, all right. Um, <laughs> let me move on to one other thing that I've been geeking on, and that is the Tomorrow War. Did you see it? Uh, no, the only thing I know about it is my brother got a gift for his birthday from Amazon, and the Amazon box was a giant advertisement for it, and I thought that was really funny, but also kind of dystopian. <laughs> How did he... why? Because it, it's on Prime, right? Yeah. Yeah, so he got a, an Amazon box where they had printed Tomorrow War advertising on every oh, surface. And I, I heard about And that. I was like, this is a step too far. Like, I get it, but you can't do this. This is a step too far. <laughs> this is <laughs> just dystopia. Like, this is like... Try I, and stop me. This, this is like this is like I walk down the street and the sign scans my eyeball and then a hologram appears in front of me and says, Hey, Chris, I noticed you were drinking Coke Zero yesterday. <laughs> it's like, okay, no. Um, <laughs> so... Uh, That's all I know about it, though. This is... <laughs> this is more of like uh, politics of people and art, and I don't know anything beyond. I, I don't know much about Chris Pratt. I don't need to. I don't want to. Uh, I love him in movies, and I've been having a great time. And Tomorrow Wars, uh, it, it's fantastic, but it's geared towards specific people. So, like uh, a lot of people I've seen, just completely hate it. Uh, I don't. The, a part of it is like I, I've heard him start with, uh, "Isn't Chris Pratt a piece of shit?" <laughs> and like, okay, okay. But um, if you're the kind of person who played guns as a kid, like me, and my me and my friends would get like you know our, our toy guns out and decide some kind of alien attack situation where we're running around and skidding across the the grass and only to turn around and and shoot the monster before it gets us. That's all it is. And if you love that. You're in for a fantastic night. It's uh, a lot of fun. They made you some potato chips. Yep. Uh, the gourmet potato chips, I would even say. Like, <laughs> it was, it was like, yeah, I, I sat down to be like, all right, let me watch this. Like, you know, my, 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 my expectations are quite low because, like, it's Amazon. You're, you're putting it on for free. How good could it be? But yeah, it was fun as hell. Uh, great action. Uh, cheesy alien world building. It does some stupid shit in the end, but <laughs> you're in. You're in for that. Like, it's, it's like, it sounds like it's like you know if you, if you know it's lowbrow, it's like some yep. it's some good low. It put it puts some. You got to have some vegetables for the next few days. <laughs> uh, exactly. Like like I, uh, I'm I'm not quite there, with Chris Pratt. I'm not on a Tom Cruise level with Chris. Tom Cruise is mine. Where I won't watch something he's in because he just irritates me. Uh, I, yeah, but I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm the complete opposite. Uh, Chris, uh, Tom Cruise has never missed with me except for one movie, which ranks in like my top five worst. Oh yeah, that's I, that's how good his record is. The, with me. the best way to, when he does bad. The best yeah. way to explain me and Tom Cruise is I really, really like the Minority Report, and also mm-hmm. I hate watching it. Oh damn! Um, because I, I wish he wasn't I've, in it. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've, uh, I've, uh, I, like, uh, I'll, I'll take a, a movie reviewer. I've never seen him tell a lie. Like, 
whenever I've seen him in a movie since Legend, like for me, he's never missed. I don't, and like I, I know he's a weird person in real life. I I can't. I just I don't want to. Somebody else has to deal with that. That is that is their job. Yeah, I'm he's here for his movies. He's he's one of the ones for me. Chris Chris Pratt has has sadly kind of gotten married, but it's it's also a performance thing where it's like he's not like bad, but mm-hmm. he's starting the way I describe it because I, I went through this with um for a while with with uh, Will Smith where. I, I feel like he comes onto a set and then just like, he's not really playing a character. Um, mm-hmm. Will Smith has gotten a lot better. I, I think uh, more recently, but there was an era in the two thousands where like I could, I gave up on watching Will Smith. Cause I was like every single, and, and Chris Pratt, I just feel like it was a Jurassic world kind of hit me with that the first time where I'm like, I feel like I'm watching a movie where they inserted like a, a versionized Chris Pratt into it. <laughs> I, yeah, it's gonna. It, it, uh, I'm gonna say that's down to capitalism now, because like it, it do, there are certain stars that it does come to a point where like the majority of people, hey man, I want to watch a Will Smith movie. We, we plugged in one of the Chris's. <laughs> yep, I want to watch a Chris Pratt movie. I want to see them be themselves. I don't want to, and like the, the majority of people are saying, I don't need to see him, or I don't even want to see him uh, do a great job, totally becoming a, a different person. Just you know, Chris Pratt. Do the Chris Pratt thing and go. Yeah, I, I, right. I'm uh, the one person that I would watch do that because I think he doesn't, and I guess it's to his credit is actually Dave Batista. Uh, Dave Batista is the kind of guy oh, yeah. who should be cast like that, except that he's a shockingly competent actor <laughs> who, like, <Yep>. surprisingly, <laughs> regularly, because like every time he's on the screen, like after after the Guardians of the Galaxy, every time he's on the screen, I'm like, all right, Dave. Let's see. Oh my God! Is, is Blade Runner this... Blade Runner twenty forty nine and the the short yep. the short prequel where I was like, and the fact that like that was like the last time I feel he got cast in that way kind of makes me mad. I'm like, why are you all sleeping on Dave Batista? Like... I uh, <laughs> I think they tried to do that with him in Army of the Dead. They tried to get that level of performance from him, and he was trying, and I do appreciate it. I didn't. I, I didn't really have an interest in watching it before. I from what I could tell, Army of the Dead also kind of had a ceiling on it. Mm-hmm. As far as like, it's a dumb, it, yeah. <laughs> Army Dev, I, I I love that movie as well, but the, you are signing up for stupidity. Like, yeah, like like you, you, yeah. like like Blade Runner twenty forty nine didn't have the ceiling on, and I want to see him in a movie that like doesn't have that that like takes the ceiling off again. There was a I'm not, I'm not gonna go on. There's a caper movie he was gonna be in that I, I still want to watch mm-hmm. sometime. Uh, and and I as far as I heard, he didn't really get to shine in that one either. But like, I still think the world's sleeping on Dave Batista. They are. Uh, uh, Army of Dead, though, yeah. You, you want if you like if you want some good dumb fun. Uh, that's also uh, what I saw intentionally as an Aliens cover. Interestingly, because uh, once they get into the action, all of a sudden, like it's just like uh, Aliens covers. Like there's a Hispanic tough chick with a red bandana. Where at first I was like, okay, just because she's Hispanic and has a red bandana and tough. Doesn't mean she's vast, and then all of a sudden, the action kicks in, and you can feel it. You can smell it. You can tell they're exactly doing it on purpose to the point where the sound effects of her machine gun start sounding a lot like a pulse rifle. I, I would. Like, it's on purpose. I would actually then demand, like, if y'all gonna do that, you got to just have a character turn to it and say, "Damn, you're just like Vasquez from Aliens." <laughs> they they kind of did. Like they 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 did replays of 
certain scenes of like you get to the the helipad, it's not there. The monster appears, and then you brace for death, and the the thing appears behind you, and you get away. I want I want they, them to say it though. It I want for me. I want them to say it, and I want the movie the movie aliens as a movie to exist in that world that they're saying it's so weird how all this aliens <laughs> stuff by James Cameron is happening to us, and that you resemble Vasquez. <laughs> One of the characters literally says in the the uh, the Burke conversation, "You don't see them fucking each other over," but she doesn't finish with for a fucking percentage. <laughs> but she does literally do the exact line. It's it's funny. Uh, it. All right, um, let's. Uh, uh, do you have anything you want to geek on? Because then we can get into the He Man's. Yeah, I'll just quickly throw out um, there. Well, no, actually, the, this is the weird thing. I'll, I'll mention Transformers Kingdom. But it's got to be like during the He Man thing because it kind of it kind of factors into that. Uh, but you know, Transformers toys have been neat. I got uh, I got the new Galvatron. I did the arm swap because the shoulders uh-huh. were swapped on him. That's that was a difficult thing to do. But he's a good. Ignoring that, very good Galvatron. Really cool transformation. Uh, and I, I enjoy him quite a bit. And now we've got like this fresh Galvatron scourge Cyclonus trio who like, they got the energy of the, uh, the, this is a, this is a, a kooky Galvatron with his two suffering henches. Um, cool. and I, I took a fun photo of, of him saying, I need a throne to scheme and scourge just like gets on all <laughs> fours and Cyclonus holds his arm <laughs> and they gave me that energy. I was like, yeah, these are, this, these are not my favorite versions of these three, but they're giving me that goon version, uh, vibe, which I kind of, it turns out I was, I was looking for. Um, cool. Yeah. I, uh, I could probably go for a, Galvatron was definitely one of my childhood, uh, important favorites where, I uh, I just loved the the design playing with them, and then like as a kid, I, I even went on to like be my friends made ourselves like a a target master session where we take our transformer toys and pretend we're human target masters. Even as he comes with a matrix on a chain. Uh, also, I should say the shoulder fix for those who don't know, you don't actually have to do it if you don't mind the pins facing forward and just adding another step to the transformation. Um, it's all about like how they sit a bit higher and you can just do that by like raising his arms up and swiveling them back down on the other axis. The thing that made me do it is that because of the shoulder in, in inner part mismatch, uh, the wheels on the treads of his arms were like a millimeter lower than the wheel on the back leg of the tripod. And it drove me Mm -hmm. nuts. And, and I need the wheels to all line up so I can roll him because I'm a a weird person. Uh, Mm -hmm. and that's why I did the fix. (laughs) Uh, MSRP on this sexy as hell Galvatron. Leader class, so I believe that's 50 US dollars. Aw, dude. Man. Aw. He's a, he's a biggin. He's a biggin. Uh, well, he's actually, he's, he's kind of Voyager height, but thicker. And his transformation, I think, is where a lot of the money comes from because he, he has a lot of, he transforms a lot. Like, (laughs) yeah, that's, uh, my sucker limit on that is like, would would have been like top of that twenty nine. I bet you if like, I don't know how things things have been weird uh, in the pandemic era, but mm-hmm. if you if you check around, you know, like um, Black Friday. I was gonna say Boxing Day, but you guys don't have that. But Black Friday <laughs> might be a time to look around and see if there's any floating around because leader class. There's only like one or two of them in the case, and so mm-hmm. if it hasn't like just disappeared, there might be some floating around during sales dates. So that might be just a fun thing to hunt for. I'll keep an eye out for him to see if I get reunited with my my good old Galvatron. Can you transform into a version that you can hold as a gun? You you could if you want to. In that his back tripod leg can just point straight down. Cool. Uh, it might 
fold like the weight might fold him around a bit while you're holding him. There's no trigger or anything. Um but you could probably at least pose with him. Although it's it's just gonna look like well, I mean that's what the original looked like. You're gonna look like you're holding yeah. Galvatron. <laughs> you're not really gonna look yeah, like you're I, holding I, a gun. <laughs> I, I loved how goofy, goofy, doofy it looked. Like it, it, it didn't belong as a gun form, which made it more fun for me to be like, yeah. "This is my weird sci-fi robot gun." Yeah, you, you could probably do it. It might be a bit cramped. To get you got to get fit your fingers in there a little bit, but yeah. And uh, and I'll mention Transformers <laughs> again later on when we're talking about the motor. Rock on. All right, we're going to stop, and we'll see you guys on the other side when we talk about Masters of the Tealiverse. Stinker, snicker. All right. Oh, wait. But they told me... I'm doing a bit. I'm doing a bit to make fun of the people who are doing their whole thing. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. I see what you're doing. You're doing the thing. I'm doing a bit. (laughs) All right. (laughs) See you on the other side. I am Adam, Prince of Eternia, defender of the secrets of Castle Grayskull. This is Cringer, my fearless friend. Fabulous. <laughs> By the power of Grayskull! I have the power! Cool, and we're back! And we are. Yeah, let's dig in. So tell me about your history with uh, He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. Uh, it's always been on the periphery. I had a bunch when I was a kid. Uh, I really like Secret of the Sword, that movie with that introduced She-Ra. Um, I had two episodes of the show on a VHS, and I didn't like them as much as that movie. Uh, but I had a bunch of the toys. And then, you know, 2000X series, I watched a season of that, and it was cool. I, I never watched the whole thing, but I, I, you know, I kind of dug it when it came out. Um there's a lot of He-Man that I just kind of like. There's there's bits and pieces that I enjoy. Um, I like Skeletor a lot. I really like Frank Langella's Skeletor. Um, I like the, the live-action He-Man movie quite a lot, primarily because Frank Langella's Skeletor is one of the greatest performances of our time. Mm-hmm. Uh, God bless him. That uh, the, the story behind it of, like, you know, did it for his kids, gave it his all. I love that so much. Yeah, and and there's just there's lots of bits of He-Man I really like, or Masters of the Universe I really like, um, and uh, for the most part, I just you know I I, I kind of dig it. I think I think um, much like Thundercats, there's a there's a lot about it uh, that people um, really I will say connect to mm-hmm. that uh, I sometimes question. Um, I sometimes question, like, how much of it exists primarily in their head. That's mm-hmm. <laughs> what I'll say. But uh, it, it's it's a, it's an impressive thing to what's exist the thing, with, with. What's the thing that you feel about <coughs> exists in the head? Um, often the quality of the original <coughs> cartoon. Ooh, yeah. Uh, that, like for instance, as like in, as a kid, it was one of the ones like. I found the actual He-Man cartoon even when I was a kid a bit of a snoozer. Like it was neat. Me too. But like, it it was very hard to overcome the filmationness of it. That's why that's why Secret of the Sword is like always stuck with me so much because like there's so much original animation in it mm-hmm. that it I think also ruined the actual show for me because it was the first thing I saw huh. when when I was little. I had a bootleg. I bootleg. We had two VHSs, so we bootleg lots of rental VHSs. Um, and so anything that was on VHS, I usually ended up with a copy of and like secret of the sword. Oh, dug it. And then I was just like, why, why isn't the new stuff or what? Or not new stuff. Why isn't any of this other stuff 
resemble this? Why are they always running in the same direction? Kind not, of thing? not, not to brag. Uh, definitely to brag. Uh, yeah, definitely. I saw Secret of Sword in the theater, and yeah, I did love it. I was like, oh my god, I'm finally seeing beyond the yeah the usual loop of animations and settings and characters. And I felt special because my sister couldn't figure out who Shira Shira was. Uh, so because yeah. like yeah, like when it came on TV, she was like, so which one of these girls is actually uh, Shira? And I kept on, like, you know, saying, maybe it's the scorpion girl, maybe it's the cat girl, I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> I had so much fun with that. Yeah, so, like, I and I, I had also um, a certain attitude going into this one, in part in, in part because of the way it was presented when it was announced a couple years ago. And uh, and that, that goes into my reaction to it. But yeah, my history with it is, like, I've always kind of been on the periphery, I'd read the wiki entries now and then in the 2000s, like, reading up on all that lore I never knew about, and, like, it's like, oh, boy, there's a whole bunch. Uh, stuff mm-hmm. like Wondar, you know? Um, <laughs> Spectre Creative. I've been enjoying his channel. Yeah, well, the, 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 what I'll say, as someone who has critted the show a lot, mm-hmm. uh, Toys That Made Us has a very good He-Man episode. Um, I can't remember it, but I'd watch it again. Yeah, there, there's stuff in it that was left on the cutting room floor that infuriates me. They put mm-hmm. it out as, as, like, you know, clips afterwards, basically. Like, for instance, Wonder Bread He-Man got cut out, and I was like, why? Which mm-hmm. <laughs> one of the most interesting tidbits you possibly could... But that's the whole thing about their runtime. But it does tell a really good story about, also, the inherent cynicism in the creation of He-Man. It was designed uh, through marketing bullet points first. And they sorted out the toys afterwards. The the thing uh, I've been noticing about this kind of stuff, though, is like when they started it. I think the writers were actually. I, I feel like the writers were trying, though. Like, the, there's yeah, a, uh, there's a there's a, a, pro, a progress I've seen of this kind of stuff where um, the writers at first, like you know, sure it sells to sell toys, but I, I remember seeing just such genuine mythology and characters playing out on screen. Then, yeah, like, when, when the each time when, they go when stuff further. continues on, mm-hmm. uh, and you, and you get young writers in the eighties, because it happened with Transformers as well. Like when when I'm talking about the cynicism, it is the the Mattel marketing dudes who like laid down the groundwork. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like like I always remember one of the Transformers writers mentioning that like at the time they were all young, scrappy working writers who had literally had classes with folks like Ursula Le Guin, mm-hmm. uh, and that like you know they they were like. I'm not going to phone it in, though. I'm going to at least have fun. I'm going to stretch my legs a little bit. Yep. And then uh, the uh, New Adventures of He-Man came out, and that's where I saw just flat, look look at these toys, just fucking buy, just here are the toys, they got mutants, whatever. I, I like the Skeletor design in that, but I've never watched an episode. Although, I also like Gary Chalk, and I think he makes a good He-Man. I, tr- uh, I have tried throughout the years, because like, I love space stuff, and I was like, Space He-Man? Yeah, oh god. Oh, oh yeah, Space god. Man. That is kind of what it is. It was so bad. Uh, yeah, and basically cuz like I saw like people say like uh Transformers and He-Man is just made to sell toys. Um but I saw really legit good cartoons, stories, animation, and whatnot. Then you get to the New Adventures of He-Man out and I'm really like they, they they look like toys. Like they don't look like characters in a world where like, you know, the He-Man characters look like characters in a world and then you get toys of that versus like new he-man like i'm jetpack man with wings i think a lot of that like uh, with with the filmation he-man as you know someone who does not know as much as like lots of the hardcore um lore folks but Mm -hmm. i think a lot of filmation he-man's feel comes from the matte painting backgrounds uh like that that was big because also those were the things that were like 
kind of distracting you as a kid from noticing how like you know alike all the animation is. Hmm, okay. Um, and I think those backgrounds like did a lot for setting like the whole tone of the thing. Uh, it makes a lot of sense. But uh, yeah, that's that's where I'm coming from. It sounds it sounds like we kind of have a similar backstory of like not really like like having a I don't know how you put this like it's not, it's not yeah it's not like a formative thing that like is the most important thing in the world but it's neat. yeah 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 so for <laughs> me uh, my start like it was it was a pretty big deal for me uh, as a kid so like I started He Man before the cartoon came out that's where I start the um, uh, the rare rare fan I feel like. That feels like when I was a kid, like, and the cartoon came out, I'm like, uh, alright, you know, like, as a kid, when you don't have options of much to watch else, sure, you know, this is pretty good, <laughs> you know, what else am I gonna do? Yeah. And, but, like, before it, though, uh, He-Man was basically, like, horror barbarian fiction, and it was fantastic. Like, uh, I got I had a little frustration with, like, how much they had him wield the axe over the cool sword that he came with, but it was like, you you you're, you you're, you got your tough-ass guy, and he's fighting just nightmare creatures in a nightmare landscape. The Castle Grayskull was horrifying, uh, and it was fun. And then, like, the filmation came out, and it was like, why is he Superman now? Why doesn't he use a sword ever? Oh my god. Alright, well, you know, what else am I going to watch? And, like, in, in there... They did have some bangers. They had some good episodes that really yeah. did like elevate and actually did scare me as a kid. So it well, was they, they, good. Had, they had some good adventure stuff. Is for me the big thing of like you know they 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 have memorable voice performances and they and that's little half hour things. It's not like it was bad. It's just like because uh, Transformers to a degree has a similar story of like when you watch too much of it in a row mm-hmm. Thundercats especially uh, old Thundercats you mm-hmm. realize none of it was ever meant to be watched binge style mm-hmm. uh and that that it really takes away from most of it when you actually watch a bunch in a row and you're like oh boy yeah <laughs> yeah 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 like uh it was a fun thing that i got to remember um in the the rebel period of uh the star wars era of like when the the, the disney fall me and my friends went to get back into like remember why we like science fiction so we got into stargate and i i remember i got to experiencing the the joy of star trek again where like, episode per episode, hey, some of them aren't that great. But it's kind of awesome that you get to explore through these until, like, one of them or several just start popping. And it's like a, a, a treasure to find. And it, it was kind of fun to do it that way. And yeah. Like, 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 way. Like, like, TNG gets it all the time where people are like, oh, just skip the first two seasons. And I'm like, no. You gotta watch, you gotta know, you gotta know the crummy parts to really see the cool parts, yep. in my opinion. But also, that's a lot of time, and if you don't have a lot yes. of time, then yeah, go cherry pick the really good ones. Yeah, <laughs> I get it. Yeah, or um, if you genuinely don't enjoy watching the crummier ones, then yeah, like, for sure. But, so yeah, like, for me, like, uh, uh, I've always been a he- I've always been a pretty, I wouldn't, I, 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 wanna, I almost want to say a pretty big He-Man fan. Um, uh, but always wanting, oh, uh, I've been always waiting for it to get as good as it was before the cartoon. And that has been a long road to ever get there. The 2002 He-Man did finally get there. Uh, the movie at the time made me go, uh, but it's, it's, it's grown on me over time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, also love Black Star. Uh, I think He-Man's very, very John Carter. So it also comes from that kind of like inspiration era. 
So yeah, I, I've been waiting for good He-Man. Like, I, what's, I, I was, what's super creepy is when you said John Carter, it's almost like the YouTube algorithm on your desktop slotted the rentable version into your recommendations on shit. the site. Whoa. <laughs> Did not see that. I was like, what? Interesting. <laughs> for a sec, I thought, I guess Keith watches John Carter every day, but I saw it was the no. buyer rent version. I'm like, no, you can't possibly be renting that every single day. I'm a <laughs> huge fan of it. Uh, but yeah, that's, uh, random. And I never use this browser, uh, I never use, uh, the couch command, uh, browser. So yeah, that's, uh, beautifully random. And maybe, <laughs> maybe the algorithm knows how they are connected. Oh, wow. They're right next it's to listening. each other. It's listening. Weird. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Going into Revelations, uh, at first I was like, finally, okay. It's almost like the Star Wars thing where I'm thinking, finally, we're away from all that past stuff. We all know what was bad about it. Let's just let's nail it. Let's uh, let me let me see the best He-Man story ever made, and let's get into it. Uh, so, at first, I I thought that was going to happen. I thought we were going to be like, all right, let's figure out a way to sh- change and shift the formula of He-Man so we can get back to the awesome adventure that once was, and I think lost majorly. When you turn He-Man into Superman, because like in the cartoon, original cartoon, uh, as a kid, I, I hope my my buddy Brian is listening to this because he used to talk in the playground about this problem. Uh, the 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 problem that happened with He-Man and original Lion Voltron. Lion Voltron, you pull out that sword, it's over. It's over. Yeah. <laughs> He-Man, if he gets to do action, it's over. It's so like um. I like they, they they depowered him in the 2002 one, so I was like, all right, let's hit the the horror angle, let's get this right, and they kill him off, and now it's uh, what I felt was Tila fan fiction. So and, I I, yeah. I I uh, was really worried going into this that it was going to be. There's nothing wrong with stuff that you know hits because I, 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 there's a very fine line to walk, but the way this was presented as finally like in in the ad copy when they announced it um they're like finally we're doing he-man but for adults yeah by kevin smith and like that blurb made me go like is this gonna be like the most edgelord shit that is gonna put me off so fast because i i have a thing about like taking nostalgia stuff and then Mm -hmm. and then delivering it with like a combination of we're adults and also like a on your knees reverence for it as though it's like sacrosanct. Um, I, I think, what's it, I think do, it's, do you have a, cause uh, cause like I like it when they do that. It, it's a, it's a different kind of fun to me. Like I don't like, uh, I, I don't back up the, you should be ashamed of like the goofiness you like. Here's now we're serious, but I do like it when they go hard, like with the, uh, the power ranger reboot by Joseph Kahn. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's sort of on the lines of stuff that ends up kind of bumming me out. It's 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 mostly when I feel like they the, the when when the show feels like um, adolescent in what it thinks adult mm-hmm. is. Um, I would say that the Netflix Transformers shows have been along those lines for the most part. Oh yeah, uh, feeling like uh, uh, someone saying we're making this, but for adults, and then the version of for adults feels like an eighteen-year-old telling me like how much cooler their show is. I tried to watch a little bit of it last night, even just so like yeah, because like I wanted to get like a a good um feel of the Netflix net netflix geek landscape like so what else do they do what else does that look like and it uh 
shoot. No, it's called. They'll never. Well, I, I hope they don't listen to this. Um, it was joyless. I did not like. Uh, I hope they the listened to it because it was joyless. Holy <laughs> hell! Like, like I would. T- I, I would say Optimus to the showrunner's Pro- face that it was I, joyless. I, I, I was seeing Optimus Prime fight. Optimus Primal, and I should have been on Cloud Nine, and I felt nothing. Yeah, and, it, and Kingdom is also the best of the trilogy, uh, mm. is what I would say. And I like what I would say is that whole trilogy solidly Galaxy Forced here, as far as being there's you can completely enjoy enough parts of it to make the time worth it for how long it is. Mm-hmm. And it's also like absolutely not the best. Uh, yeah, uh, Galaxy Force I enjoyed a lot. I, 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 their action sequences brought me joy. Yeah, like Galaxy Force, the reason I, I put it in the same tier is because Galaxy Force is also 50 episodes or so. <laughs> and so it's like, like Galaxy Force has bits and pieces that are cool. It's it's f- like 49 or 50 episodes where a lot of it is not the cool part. Yeah. And then you get the cool parts here and there. And so like the Netflix shows, they're a lot shorter. And they have the, you know, they're cool parts, but also they have lower lows. And, you know, it sort of evens out in the same way. So the... What I was worried about was this was going to be like, I don't know, He-Man's going to decapitate three of the bad guys or something in the first minute. It's going to be <laughs> real cool blood everywhere. They're going to they're gonna have someone, Orko's annoying, we're going to have someone stick a dagger in his eyeball because we're hot shit. Right. Uh, and, and I was really concerned about that. And the thing, the thing about this show that I would, the one thing about it I will defend to the end is I think it hits a tone that I wish nostalgia callback shows would all hit. Uh, I will say I agree with that. It does hit the tone. Like, like when I was kind of dunking on reverence, the good reverence is what I got out of this, where it's like, the old show was super fun. Mm-hmm. The thing we're working with is super fun. We're going to take some risks on this thing, but we're also, like, the, the thing that really locked me in, because episode one on its own is kind of like it could have gone either way afterwards. Episode two kind of won me over for two key reasons. Number mm-hmm. one, they didn't just kill Stinkor, which a lesser show would have done to mm-hmm. show how hard ass it is. And number two, and this proceeded through the whole thing, even though they were into the kind of like darker times part of the story, everyone was still speaking as though they were filmation characters when they would quip. Like when they got yeah. quippy, they weren't quipping like, Dang, you numbnut, you idiot, you, you <laughs> dumbass. They'd quip like, you malignant merman, you you could calamitous crawfish, like that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this overall, the, the vibe of the whole thing, I was like, shocked. I was like shocked and, and, uh, and ate a lot of crow. I was like, dude, like gets it. Like he gets what's fun about playing in these sandboxes. Like, and, and, uh, right. Almost to the point where I'm like, I'm like, I like, he's not like a super fan who was like going in going, we're going to go to Praternia and Subternia, like mm-hmm. knowing that going in. But I bet you he was like, it'd be cool if the story involves going to heaven and hell. And someone said, Hey, you should read this, uh, this, you know, little lore book we got about those. And it felt like he read it and went like, Oh shit, this is cool. Yeah. Yes. I'll put this in. And like, that's, that's also why I, I ended up really liking the thing is like, it just had such a, a, a nice attitude that, in 2019, when they announced it, I would not have believed you if you told me that was the attitude going in. Um, the other thing I got to quickly throw out there, because I forgot about this. In 2019, when they announced it, the show was announced with the synopsis of, for the most part, Tila is trying to fu- to reforge the Sword of Power was the initial blurb of the show. Mm-hmm. So whenever all those folks are going, I can't believe they lied to us! They didn't read anything. Um, 
They didn't lie to anybody. I have to get that oh, out there on the top because I'm so sick and tired of that nonsense. No, I'm like not to dump, not to jump on you right away. A, they didn't lie in the synopsis, and B, in synopsis now. In B, if people are mad, the showrunner didn't tell them spoilers up front or just like told them fake spoilers. Right. In my opinion, you deserve it because yeah. like, why should the showrunner tell you what the show is going to do? Fully disagree on that. <laughs> okay, so here's my take on it, like. Um, it is okay to want to watch He-Man. Like, the, the, so here, like, I'm sitting down and, like, I've, I, I've asked for a steak, please. Uh, can I have a steak? Surprise! You now have, um, some pretty good sushi instead. And just like, yeah. Yeah, this is pretty good sushi. Right, right, I'm gonna be, right. I can be disappointed that, uh, I, I sat you, down for something else. So, you can, uh, you, you mm-hmm. can, and and and, and uh, the thing I would say though is like when they announced the show, they said it was about Tila putting the sword back together. Um. So so, <laughs> so yeah. So the, the so here, uh, my problem with it is this: like, um, and I've said I've said like exactly like this before. Uh, Shira comes back, right? Um, Shira, yeah. Shira, it's been many years, and like Shira fans are like, woo, all right. Let me sit down and enjoy some Shira, and then all of a sudden, like in the first episode, I don't care how well animated it is, you kill her off, and we only get to see experience her in flashbacks, so we can follow Bo and his buddy through some adventures. I don't care how good it is. All those Shira fans are right to be mad that they're like, "What the? Hey, what's going on here?" I sat down. Like, and I, watch- I, I I get it. I would say they're right to be disappointed. To be mad, absolutely disagree. There uh, is, mad, like, I like don't to be think... to be mad, especially when mm-hmm. like it's the first half of a two part thing, and mm-hmm. and the way people talk about it, it's like it's there's just so much like um I'm gonna use the word misled. It's not quite the right word, but like like it, it's it sounds like 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 nonsense to me. Like I have tried to understand it, and mm-hmm. it sounds mostly like people really wanting to be mad. Sort is the way of. it sounds to me. So like, I'm seeing, I'm seeing, like I, I've been watching the full constellation of like all these different takes and whatnot, and there, are, there is a, there is a batch. There's definitely a batch of entertainers who go too hard on the rage. But this let's not call them they, entertainers. That's too much credit. Like you got I your disagree. quarterings, you got your yellow flash. You, they're they're basically bullshit grifters. Yes, and but no, no, they, no, no, no. They're they are doing entertain. They they are creating entertainment for an audience that. They pay bills from, and you also, um, the worst of them are so easily ignored. I don't need to, like, I've never watched, uh, uh, I think it's a nerd, was it the quartering? Yeah. He, he appeared a little bit in my feed and I'm like, I, and like, I think I started watching a little bit and I'm like, Ugh, no, and like, I just don't watch the thing them. Ab- the thing about those dudes is I find that their attitude gets, pe- like, for instance, I'm going to go a little bit here. I like I mentioned this thing and I get people going like yeah it's a shame Kevin Smith lied to us and it's mm-hmm. like it's like who fucking cares if you <laughs> so <laughs> like it's not like he lied to your face so yourself <laughs> here I'll say that I uh I I just I just I do agree that hey you know cuz like he did like there was like a a tweet that, and, and then like he did do a PR spin because, like, yeah, it would maybe affect uh, some of the viewership there, where he did try to kind of go roundabout saying, ah, oh, it's He-Man's story. Don't worry. No, no, it's He-Man's story. 
And then it's not. And then like I, I, I so even like, then yeah, I, I, I saw the tweet. I saw mm-hmm. the tweet. I disagree that mm-hmm. it was like a straight up lie. He had something called Clownfish, which is another one of those bullshit platforms. I've like seen him pulling a bunch of nonsense. Uh, and and the response he gave, I was like, this is like if, if it's a lot. Sure, if it's a non truth, it was to me pretty funny. <laughs> like I don't know. I, it it is humor when but folks like, now when folks now say you're like. Dealing- the, mm-hmm. Well, the thing is, also, folks saying, like, this wasn't even a He-Man story, I'm like, this is, like, the deepest I've ever seen the He-Man character get presented, and he even wasn't in much of the first half. That's the problem, man. And, like, and so, I, I, so and like, I, I just also, mm-hmm. one other thing I want to say is I'm also kind of glad that they drop-kicked He-Man, because the show's called Masters of the Universe, Yeah, and I would be real glad if they drop-kicked Optimus Prime like that, because uh, I don't care about Optimus Prime as much as I care about Transformers. Hmm. Um, and what's really funny is that people go like, you'd, you'd hate it if they did this Optimus, did this Optimus Prime, and it's like, most of the fan discourse about every Transformers cartoon is how much better they'd be if Optimus Prime wasn't in it. Yeah, I agree with <laughs> that. Oh, no, okay, see, here's the difference, though. Like, because, uh, I, I was one of those people who actually did very much enjoy Hot Rod. Uh, like, yeah, once you take out that top guy, you get to explore more, but... Not like, not like after uh, a, it's been this long. We're doing a revival, and like a lot of these people didn't uh, do the 2002 stuff. So like, there are legit fans who are like, I can't wait to sit down with some He Man again, and they I, get. I can't. I can't back. comprehend the idea of a legit fan who also doesn't know what the 2000 X stuff is. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, the, 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 the legit fans who have surface level uh, love from the 80s. Like those people, I don't know. They, those people <laughs> did not stay He-Man fans and comic books and whatnot. But so, like, if, if those folks are the ones saying Kevin Smith lied to me, then I'd be like, "How did you even find out what he said if you haven't if you don't care this much?" And also, just I gotta say, there also is like a a false binary of caring too much about the people who are the rage people versus the people who do have legit problems with it. Oh, no, 100%, 100%, but, like, to me, being mad that Kevin Smith didn't spoil the show, or the, the Kevin Smith lied line is, is total dog whistle to me of, like, I have, it, that's a, con- that, that's a, it's just bullshit, it's such bullshit of, Sorry. like, okay, hold I'm a, on, I'm hold a, on, hold I'm on, a critique on. the show by being mad at the dude not spoiling it is ridiculous that to is, me. That is one <laughs> aspect of many to look at, like, I will agree that, yes, um, losing your mind with rage is, uh, I don't know, that it can be done well and funny. Um, it can be done well and just eh. hideous. And I just, I, and like, I just don't go, I don't care about the hideous people. Like, let them rage all they want because I can easily not listen to them. It's so easy to like not work. Like, for me, they are not even part of my conversation. Like, I, I my, as far as my conversation with them goes, is like, ugh, well, like, I'm glad they, Make it pretty obvious where not to go. Like I don't know, I just it, don't it, click pol- the videos. It, it pollutes so much of the water that like it, it, it's just it's not it's 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 uh, how do you put this? When it, when it comes up as the first critique, it makes me commit a judgmental action for the sake of expediency. <laughs> and for uh, me, like yeah, I'm seeing the fools. Like I'm like, all right, well here, look, I, I I'm just gonna go with not worrying about the extreme where I know that like they're both extremes where like, Oh man, it's the best thing I've ever seen. 
and it's like, okay, I, I wouldn't say that. Like, I don't think it's hideous. I don't think it's the best. But each of those, they, they both have audiences and jobs to get money. So I know they're doing the thing. Well, and and, and, and the, there's, I, there's a middle. Hang on, hang on, hang on. I got to say something here. Go. We can't defend the bullshit artists by saying it's how they pay for their rent because they can do anything else but be shitty, quote unquote, oh, no, entertainers. No, no. Not defense. <laughs> that is not a defense. It is just how it is. Like, that's what they're doing. And, like, you can choose to care about them or not. Well, it's also the thing, though. They, inv- they, like, they don't personally invade my spaces, but. As I mentioned, I was shocked to see I couldn't even tweet the friggin' name of the show without a bunch of people showing up, parroting the I'm mad at Kevin Smith, oh, that fucker kind of yeah, talk. And, I, and, and, I and, it's like, and, I and on my end, I can't mention it without someone popping up on my Facebook saying, oh, do you now support Fox News? And I'm like, dude, what the... Yeah, it's it's there's there there are really bad opinions on, I, I, on both I would, sides. And I like, want to caution wanna... against... I want to caution against the equivalency hugely. I gotta, yeah. I gotta caution against the equivalency hugely because it's, 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 it's uh, the difference between dumbass opinions and straight up like, how do you put this? Toxic ass. There's a difference to me between dumbass and toxic ass, and the and the the the, the bullshit artists, quote unquote entertainers, if we're going to use the word, are to me a viral load. That is uh, needs to be denounced at every turn. I think if, <laughs> if you gonna, do that, come up. if you do that, you give them more attention. Like to the to me, the the the, the worst of them, it's just going to happen. Like we are now, if we, if we have the entire population of the planet, they're going to be there, and we have the choice not to worry about them. Oh, no, 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 I know, I know, I know what you, I know what you mean. And I know what you mean. Like, but and then, like, yeah, like the people who like it. Then there's people you, who like you it. Still, who like... You still gotta denounce the shithead platforms for the sake of letting people know that the vicinity yeah. around you is safe. I guess. Yeah. But <laughs> if you do that too much, if you give them too much attention, they just get a bigger audience. Well, if they get a bigger audience, then it's people who, if people find value in what they say, those are people who I don't need the time of day from anyway, right? Well, no, no, like, the, like the, the, <laughs> we, we, we spread virally for them. Like, I hate these people so much. And then, like, it, that, that gets to just, it virally spreads. I, it gives them more attention. For me, like those other channels, I don't even, I don't want them well, the, part like, of my to, to bring it, to bring it back to the main thing, though. Yeah. Um, I would like I would like us to just put the button on the Kevin Smith bullshit on the top of the thing so that it doesn't like have to sit there floating like a turd in a sink. Okay. <laughs> like uh and that all right like I think it's bullshit and that's that it doesn't even enter into my opinion on the show. Um, um yeah, it's a different thing. For me like so but if we go into a show what I am seeing is like uh, fan fiction things that I might have done when I was younger. Uh, so, um, what the technique I saw on the screen was like, I I, I was I, I I listened to like a video and like it mentioned like this one guy. Uh, I forget his name now, uh, but he wrote some of the comic books and he's really good. And he he understands He Man and his idea was all right. How about we? Um, make Adam lose his powers, so he has to go on a journey to reforge his sword and understand why he likes being He-Man. And, and like, yeah, like, I'm signing up to sit down to watch Prince Adam and He-Man, and I want to watch that journey. But what I would do is, like, because I want, 
like when it comes to like my creative writing, I, I it's always been about uh, me inserting myself into the story in some way. So like if I came in, and I was a showrunner, uh, Shira, and younger version of me, you know, goes, ah, shit, I don't want to write about Shira. All right, well, she's pretty important. How about I kill her, and now she's very important, and now I can follow uh, Bo, who huh, kind of looks like me, and let me fix up his costume, and now he's not even Bo anymore. Now he's got two swords, and all right, and now I'm going to change his costume, and now this Tila looks like someone made them for themselves, and they're doing their own story Versus me feeling like I'm watching He-Man's story anymore. Does that I, I, want, I, I get I get you. Although I I think Tila looked 100 percent like Tila to me. <laughs> the new Tila. Uh, yeah, like nothing was wrong. Like like they they buffed everyone's arms out a bit. Otherwise, they they all looked looked like fine to me as far as like who the characters were supposed to be. They look um, fine to me, but that was a reconstruction in a way that is. Seems like specifically someone wanted their own character versus a remix of Tila. There you go. Like, yeah. If if well, I, I remix I, if I remix Bo in a way that I'd want him to be, I would give him a kick-ass um, half jacket and two swords at his hips. And like people go, hey, but you know he still looks like Bo. But no, I totally did change him into oh, yeah, something re- I want. And I, I still I still think Tila looked like Tila to me. Like like redesign is also like I don't want them to look like the eighties characters hundred percent unless me there's like a very neither. serious stylistic decision going on. Um I will say like like and no, if I you don't sign, have a problem if, with buff Tila just for whatever, but like, like it, I just the, I just the, don't the redesign to me if the, she the, had the, the, if she had the like thing from episode two on for the whole time, like the no, gas mask and the poncho, then I'd mm-hmm. be like, yeah, that's kind of weird. Yeah. But <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, like uh, so so what I'm what I'm seeing a lot of is like so we've now taken basically everything He Man off the board so that someone can have their own character in there and follow that character instead, versus like us seeing and going back to the He Man that a lot of people just wanted to watch good they wanted to watch good he-man like and by good he-man i mean like um we we signed up to follow prince adam's journey and and that and then we didn't get that and i can understand why people don't want it and like so if we take that out and i'm not worried about the new fan fiction remix and i'm just looking at the 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 stuff on screen and for that i found it to be good um i was not uh taken to the heights of castlevania creativity and awesomeness, I found it to be, well, you know, it's pretty good. Because, like, I, yeah. I like the designs of, like, the world and, like, the, the, the backgrounds. And, uh, yeah, I and mean, that's, that's like, kind of where it stops. Because, like, I was like, oh, man, Iclops. Or, uh, Iclops, right? Triclops. 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 Oh, yeah. Him doing uh, a, his own order. That's kind of cool. That was amazing. Like that's that's what actually really locked me into the show when I was mm-hmm. like, "Oh, you get it. You get you get how to do this." Because <laughs> uh, to me, it's still it's still the core of the character. Yeah. Uh, and 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 same like honestly, same thing with Tila for me. It's like like because to me the 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 story that like the story capsule they went for, which is part part of why I liked it so much, is you take you take the goofier part of He Man where literally it seems everyone but Tila is in on the secret. Mm-hmm. Um. Because 
it's pretty goofy. Yeah. And then you turn it into a story about the consequences of keeping a secret from your loved ones, whether mm. or not it's for a good reason. Yeah, that's uh, my, my that's my part of it. Like, I, I found myself all having to make a lot of excuses for the story a lot. Like, and I don't want to keep. I don't doing think it's that. an excuse, though. Um, like, so not to the, me at least. For me, like, okay, so like. I know we have to like. I, I know what they're going for. Like uh, initial conflict, break the, the break the fellowship, and okay. And I, if I just let it go and say, sure, sure, I know what you want to do, okay. But if I have to look at the story, of what happened on the screen? I'm seeing Tila get very mad after these pa- these parents have lost their only child about a secret that saved like the entire universe. Like, it, it's hard to, like, go on that journey and be like, yeah, I see what you mean. And I don't know. Like, like I, it, it's, I'm not, I should say, I'm not making, because I'm not even at the point where I'm saying the bits I don't like, just because, like, no one, it's it's the same thing as, as, as the Star Wars thing, where, like, the bits I don't like aren't even relevant, it seems, to, like, the, <laughs> the greater conversation most of the time. But, like, the, 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 the whole, like, like, the loudest conversations about this are just so, like... I don't understand how this is such a big thing to me. <laughs> like, uh, it's because for me, like when it comes to then, like, yeah, I explored other stuff like, uh, Castlevania. I don't have to make those excuses for those characters ever. Like every time they do a story, like they keep on doing stuff that, Oh shit. Yeah. That makes sense. And it, it nails it and makes it better to me. But you'll you'll this, find you'll you'll find some threads about all the things Castlevania did wrong from the Castlevania hardcore. <laughs> I I, I, I believe say. it, but it's just that, uh, like, in this story, on the screen, like, the motivations all roll. They all roll, and then for this, I have to be like, I see what they're doing, but it doesn't really roll well. Well, to to me, it's it's a, it's like you know you lose your your closest friend. You're an or you're a what is it? Uh, not an well, I guess an orphan too. But mm-hmm. you're a um, adopted orphan. Uh, in this family you've had, cause she lost a friend as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then simultaneously re- realized how everyone had kept her in the dark when to me, like part of the opening story is like getting, getting, uh, the, uh, promotion, uh, to that, to, to the man at arms rank is like, all right, finally, like I feel accepted by this, uh, this like strange family that I've been adopted by. Um, and it, it it made sense to me. Like it it was very ham fisty in a very eager way. That's one of the things about the the whole story um, that like yeah I I would crit is like and, and it's a Kevin Smith thing. Um, mm-hmm. Is Ke- Kevin Smith is a very hard on his sleeve kind of writer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so when he writes stuff, it is real ham hawk fisty. Uh, and and the eagerness uh, at times can really implode on itself that's also another pleasant surprise i had with this one is like Mm -hmm. uh the the most uh bad kevin smithy bits were on the back of cool shit happening at least um like uh for instance roboto's arc having a, a sort of rote ending um right after a much more intense version of the same thing had just happened uh a a moment earlier um but uh yeah like like the motivation at the at the top of it like it's it's made sense to me like i i'm i'm watching masters of the universe revelations the show had the wherewithal to call itself masters of the universe mm-hmm. uh and that that's another thing i was happy about cuz it it 
made me hope to see like actual other cast members. Cause like, I don't like he man that much. He's the mm-hmm. toy I never buy. For instance, <laughs> uh, I, f- I just find yeah, him colossally me, boring. <laughs> so, uh, like, b- yeah, I, same sort of. I keep on, yeah, I always go with He-Man first and Prince Adam because of what I remember once they, what they were. And I keep on like, hey, can someone please not be embarrassed of He-Man and do a good He-Man? Make, you know, put yeah, in the work to make him and Prince Adam great and compelling characters. And they're like, nope, let, let's kill him off because... Yeah, we don't want to deal with He-Man. I don't think there was a nope, because I think that He-Man got to have... I Um, disagree. No, 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 there literally was. Like, uh, the original story was, it was supposed to be He-Man's, He-Man and Prince Adam's story, but Kevin Smith did say nope. Well, I guess I should say, I don't think there was a nope in that, like, dismissive tone. Oh, no. Uh, Because I Uh, I think that, I think that letting He-Man die uh, paid off massive dividends in the Praternia episode. Um, I I think that that was one of the most fascinating and, like, layered looks at He-Man Prince Adam I've gotten to see in a while, because I also don't remember what he was like in the 2000X show. Mm -hmm. Uh... But I, I I was really happy that they went with like again like I think some really good risks in the Praternia bit. Um, you know, like he his idealized form of himself is Prince Adam. Yeah, uh, I think that said a ton. Um, I'm looking forward to see what he does in in part two because uh, like you get to have like a like a, a person who's given up paradise uh, to come back and be with his friends. Yeah. Um and that's that's I think going to potentially be pretty fascinating stuff. Um, I hope so. For me, uh you've now wasted five episodes. Like I I, I don't think really, that, come for, on. No, 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 hold on. For what five I five episodes though? For what I need, want and love. Like I now have to hope that I see it and I'm not sure if I will. Like Cause I I, I, I don't think for, mm-hmm. I think we got a lot. I think we got a lot of him in episode 1 and we got a lot of him in episode 4. I saw a lot of him as a supporting background character who got to talk, but not like a story that I want to see about. Yeah, once again, like, um, so I think someone mentioned really well that, like, hey, if I got myself like a He Man show, Prince Adam story and journey, and I also got uh, a Tila spinoff of the same caliber, I would be totally happy with that. Because, like, yes, Tila and me have always been friends since, once again, before the cartoon. I love Tila. She's a great character. And I would love to follow her adventures. But, like, in this one shot of, like, getting this level of animation and, like, it's been this long, first thing I don't get is He-Man. And that's the disappointment that a lot of people are experiencing and then they use that disappointment to go into rage and da, 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 da. Well, I, I also just think the disappointment is really glossing over episode one and episode four like i, I just because episode four i was like there was so much going on with him and then like he's not like on screen every single moment because they were also doing the roboto bit Mm-hmm. Um, with Hero, but, like, whenever he wasn't on screen, they were also, like, f- for the first time, like, ever, uh, paying some, uh, some screen time to all the, I forgot the, the name of it, but all the stuff with your Vicors and your Wondars and your Heroes. Yeah, that was cool. Um, and your King Grayskulls, and, like, it, it was just, like, it was some good lore drop for me, um, for and, it, me, it was, that and it was, it was re- really fun, like, for me, uh, to, I- or go ahead. Sorry, I was going to say, for me, I got to see them on screen. 
Um, I got to see them have screen time. I didn't see them actively be able to be a part of the mythos as much as like a a very beautiful cameo. Like I love, I've been loving Hero for a long time, and I get to see him on screen to go. Ah, I can't do this. I'm gonna go back around here. Here's let Roboto do it. I'm like, all right. And then like one I'm like, yeah, I got to see him on screen, but. It's it's kind of weird that these great heroes who should know about self-sacrifice are like, hey man, why would you want to leave Paradise to go save the entire universe? Like, all of them should have been like, the entire universe? Alright boys, time to load up, because they're supposed to be those kind of heroes, but instead, we get them going, nah, I'm gonna play, uh, I'm gonna play soccer some more. And I'm like, well, they got what? a big ass. They got a big. I mean, they got a big ass loaded gun of like. There's a fifty fifty chance that a big moment is they all show up in um, like the penultimate or final episode. I I'm gonna bet they don't. But once again, like when it comes to that kind of thing, like I don't give credit for what might happen. I know, but in this one case, usually I don't either. But in this one case, we literally watched part one of two. Mm-hmm. Um, and and like, I will only talk about part one. Part two will factor in once it does happen for me. I, I know, but this is also not so much part one of two as in like season one, season two. This is literally the first half of, of a season one. This is like the Netflix numbering bullshit aside. This this was half of a season that we watched. <laughs> but uh, do you understand my, my problem with it? Like, uh, no, I don't have a problem with women heroes, which, yeah, it just did show up on my Facebook. And no, I'm not in a rage. No, I don't support toxicity. It's just that it's been a long time, and I really was kind of hoping that, like, I get someone who wanted to maybe fix He-Man. Like, make it so that he's not boring and overpowered, and that's what I fully didn't get. And instead, it seemed like they're like, man, he's boring and overpowered. Bam! I... Like, I- I just feel like everything you said was solved, though, in what I watched. <laughs> yeah, because he wasn't over, solved he wasn't by like, o- taking him out of the equation. Well, he wasn't. No, but then I, I again would disagree, and I'd say mm-hmm. that we got enough time with him to show what we will be getting moving forward of like uh, a, a take on on a he on a He Man Prince Adam that like really recognizes like how young this this uh, this dude is, uh, and and like that he's been in this in this weird position and that he's actually a genuine and fairly sensitive guy um who who doesn't think of himself as he-man he thinks of himself as adam uh and and like it's i don't know there's enough of it in there for me to go like all right like this is like because this is half of a story very Mm -hmm. specifically and not like half a story in the hope we get another season thing but like this is half a story in that animation and everything is done and they you wouldn't you wouldn't be doing that if this wasn't half a story going in um, right. like but, like and, and so i like i i can see like i see the disappointment in that like oh i wanted some more he-man but at a certain point it's like all right but you didn't get it yeah and so is that the is that the end of the story or are no. we go- and it's also not- is that all you like 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 is that all you wanted from all master so, stuff? Because so, it's so cool. It, it, but so like, here, here, here's the like uh, here's the the, the the disappointment gets compounded. So like you get to the point where you sit down and you're like, all right, let's oh Jesus, they killed him. All right, and okay, now it's 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 Tila's story. Okay, all right. So um, 
shoot, I had a good point to make, and then I let it slip out of my mind. Let me see if I can keep talking and bring it back into my head. All right, so, like, yeah, I, I want to watch He-Man. I want to have fun with him, and he's not in it anymore. And, oh, that's not the end of it. Like, okay, I can move on to just watching the show. And the show itself, I only found good. Oh, no, the other here. Here it is, sorry. Getting back to what I was going to say. We got it. All right, yeah, I uh, here I am. I'm, I want to watch uh, He-Man, and part of the discourse makes it worse. So now that, like, I am not enjoying what I'm seeing, now, like, on my Facebook, people show up and be like, uh, you don't like it because you have a problem with women heroes, and that's really insulting. So on top of, like, just not getting it to enjoy the story I want to watch, I have to be insulted on top of it, and then uh, getting past all that, now the show I'm watching... Uh, once again, I found only good and continually had some severe story problems that make it harder to enjoy, such as like, um, Evelyn tricking Tila to help her save the sorceress. Like, you don't have to trick Tila, I don't care how angry she is, to save the sorceress. And then also, like, her being hesitant to save the universe? You're living there, Tila, she would know that. So, like, yeah, I keep on getting, like, lots of frustrating story points where I'm just like, all right, all right. All well, right. I, so, I, first what I'm going to say is I, I have to let I it got, go. Hmm? Well, I got the impression that she was pretty sure the universe would continue on uh, regardless of what they think is going to happen as part of the whole, like, I don't even I don't even want to hear about this magic bullshit kind of thing. Um like, it, it, uh, mm-hmm. if, if anything, I felt it was weird that they kind of, like, resolved most of that with Cringer talking to her. Yeah. Um, it, like, it, it, it kind of expedited that, that story arc a little bit. Although, th- I think it would have made more sense to me if they'd been a bit more specific about how long the time skip was. Uh, yeah, so, I was, yeah. I wasn't it, really sure. <laughs> and then, like, yeah, I keep on having to make excuses. Like... All right, so she's. Well, I'm not making. Let's, I'm not making excuses when I say this, though. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I am. I said I was. I, I. It's for me. It's an excuse for me to say that. Okay, I know they need to do the split, even though she's tearing into people who lost their family, and it's it's hard for this to work. But I get what they're going for. Okay, now she has to be tricked to save the sorceress. Okay, I get it. She's hurt, so that that, that she has to be pulled back in because she's a hesitant hero. All right. Okay, the universe is going to be destroyed, but she doesn't believe the sorceress. It takes cringer. Okay, I'll and the, for me, those are like making up for what the story's doing, so that I can keep going with the story. Versus, um, like a Castlevania or other stories that I don't have to keep doing that with because it was all well presented and the characters just kind of flow. Does that make sense? Yeah, kind of. I just don't. I I just don't really see some of these problems. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, like the like. It's just. It was mostly like. It. I thought it was too expedient how it solved things. But like otherwise, I was like, no, nah, this, this all kind of just matches how I'm how I'm digesting the character story here. Gotcha. Uh, how I, you're I, digesting I, it? Which uh, if if you gear shift, yeah. If I if I gear shift enough, I can just not worry about it. Well, it wasn't even, it wasn't, like, I didn't have to do anything consciously mm-hmm. to achieve that state. I was just like, no, this makes sense. And then, and I was like, all right, I wonder, like, if it's going to be, like, 
you know, she'll she'll uh, have like a, a plot running along with the squad who are going to do the magic stuff. But then they they did the cringer speech, and I was like, this is this is pretty heart on your sleeve schlock. But it's I can tell how eager and tr- and uh, and honest it is in that. And so I was like, all right, it's still f-. also because I guess it was it finished it up really fast. I was like, all right, well as long as they don't drag out the lengthy conversations, trying to like you know get get through to the friend we used to have thing like you know there's the pacing wise it it felt like it should have taken two episodes but with the delivery i was fine with them kind of like moving on and then i also remembered at that point it was five episodes and not like six or seven Mm -hmm. um but uh no like that that part i was fine with the like I can lay out my crits. I probably, I, I probably should. I don't know if Please. I'm going to get the chance to. <laughs> Please lay out a crit. Uh, so here's here's all my crits. Um, so number number one, uh, and I, I guess I'll say this with the preface that I don't think this was disrespectful to anyone when they did it, but um, the the uh, burning of Mossman felt a little bit like the edge lordy stuff I was worried about. Yep. Um, and uh, it was saved a little bit by having a nice, a nice smarmy Skeletor line afterwards about it smelling like pine. That kind of mm-hmm. brought things back up. Like that, for instance, like something about Skeletor that kept working for me is that they kept him being uh, a vaguely incompetent, um, highly egocentric dude. Yeah. Who's who's good at doing stuff that he can do, but also can get like you know shot in the face in the middle of a speech. And I was like, this is hitting the vibe I like, mm-hmm. of like you know this is like kind of like this is the in between of '80s cartoon Skeletor and Frank Langella Skeletor. Like this is the transitory point almost when one became the other. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the the Moss Man burning thing. I was like, this just seems like weird, and 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 uh, like you're trying to tell me how high the stakes are. And it was like that for a lot of folks I know who ended up really digging the show. Is like the live tweet threads were all like, oh boy, it's gonna be can't wait for episode two when they friggin' cut Beast Man in half or something. Yeah, uh, and then they didn't. Thank goodness. Well, yeah, um, for, yeah, like for me on that, it, it was, it was there, there was just yeah, like. uh Moss Man, kill him off. Uh, Orca, all right. And then- so, so like, well, the Moss Man thing is its own thing for me. It's like, and also what I'll say is, I felt there was some payoff in that Moss Man popped up in Preternia. Uh, it's also a payoff for Alan Oppenheimer in a lot of ways, um, because that dude has not been. Uh, I don't. I'm trying to think of how I can put this in a way I can actually say it. Um, Alan Oppenheimer d- did not benefit greatly from the pop culture. Power uh, and and uh, love that there was for He Man for a very very long time. Okay. Um. So getting getting a role and, and getting a role that in a way kind of cements him mythologically, sort of. It felt like a fitting tribute for a dude who's also in his early eighties. Um. Mm-hmm. And that that like you know he get he gets to participate and his character gets to have a moment afterwards to show that Moss Man got the great reward in a way. And I was like, all right, this makes me feel less gross about the the weird friggin like burning alive scene. Right. Um, the, the Orco death I actually really liked and I was shocked how much I liked it. Uh, and I'm not alone in that one either. A lot of, I, I am among the crew who were like, uh, how did you make me feel sad for Orco? That's very difficult to do because he's inherently a really irritating, um, kind of character who also mm. has the baggage of like, and I'm from a completely other dimension. And it's like, all right, cool. Uh, 
But they, they pulled it off with Orko, which then made me immediately start looking at Roboto. And this is a thing I hate about Star Wars, too, to, to mm-hmm. roll that in, which is Roboto is a robot. For most writers, that puts 500 death flags on his head. <laughs> um, Star Wars is horrible about this. <laughs> what, they do with droids? I, I think the way that Star Wars treats droids is why I can't take it seriously. <laughs> I came to this conclusion a few years ago. That is, and I, uh, how they treat droids is a feature. I, I checked in a few times on Star Wars too, and I was like, "Until you guys tell the droid sentient story, I can't take this entire universe seriously." It's so, getting like comical. Oh uh, yeah, uh, really quickly on that, I, I I love the droid whatnot in Star Wars because <clears throat> like it's just like uh, <clears throat> if you're a part of the universe, it's just that they they're they're toasters. They I don't think they're actually sentient. And that's why, but if you're a good-ass person, you can't help but be nice to him. That's why Luke is nice to him. But they're so literally sentient. <laughs> I don't know that. Um, they are, you, oh, they're literally sentient. Hold on, hold on. I, I've had the AI conversation for a long time, and they can completely um, mimic if, they, if uh, uh, a robot device can mimic human then it's, it's very sentient. possible. It's very possible on the other end of that thing. There's nothing there. Kind of like how holograms are in Star Trek. Yeah, they but, can the, act, but but they are that actually... that too is ridiculous to me. Like like you can't write a character. I'm not gonna go on the stage, show, but you can't you can't write a character and then expect me as a human audience member to assume the deranged inhuman in universe view that this thing mm-hmm. that's talking to me and expressing fear is like, yeah, but whatever you're nothing. You don't, you're not really exist. You're a subspecies. Like it's just d- no, disgusting no, to no. me. Like, it's a, it's not exactly that. So what it, on the science fiction level, it is sometimes you'll have something complex enough that yes, it is like, has a soul. There's something there that's talking to you. Then there's also creations that can mimic it, but there's nothing there. That makes sense? Yeah, but mimicry to me is erased when emotion is expressed to a certain degree, and Star Wars does it constantly. Mm-hmm. I just, I, yeah, I, I, for me, I'm still on the sci-fi level where uh, it has to be figured out and acknowledged that is it mimicry, mimicry or is it sentient? They're the, the both, I, I, both of them can exist in science fiction. We are disagreeing on this, and that's like period. Like we are can't saying, continue this conversation you, wait, wait, if we're going to do saying, this in under two hours. Are you saying that it can't exist in science fiction? No, I'm saying the way Star Wars presents its robots, they mm-hmm. are alive as characters. Like they, there's no if and buts about it. They present them as like thinking individual creatures, yes. and and yet refuse. To address how much they appear to be... Th- the, it's yes. the refusal to address it and the constant, like, way that it looks... The, the, the universe looks at me, the viewer, and mm-hmm. says, why do you think that it, that we should be treating them as uh, human-like characters? And it's just right. like, I don't know. <laughs> you Maybe stop writing them that way then? I <laughs> get what you're saying. Uh, but, yeah, when it comes to science fiction... Uh, the answer has never been presented, therefore I don't know yet, and either can be true. But this, but this isn't like a science though. When it comes to franchised media, like like when when you write C three PO to express fear and doubt yes. and blah blah blah. Yes, and then you tell me also he's not alive. Then it's like well. 
why did you why why are you presenting so much like he is mm-hmm. in 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 it's it's complete bullshit to me because uh, also the idea that there are governing laws for all science fiction mm-hmm. applies a level of universal truth to fiction that is bullshit to me. What? Wait, wait, wait! I didn't understand that part. There are laws. What? Say, say well, like, like, say, like saying that in science fiction, this mm-hmm. so Star Wars, this doesn't work when Star Wars does not follow those guidelines. I'm saying in fiction, this, therefore that. But you said science fiction. Yeah, constantly. yeah, yeah. Oh, it's it's uh, science fiction. Same thing. Like, well, if the, you're making up something. You're I don't. I, I. I. Yeah. And so they're alive. Like they, they write them fictionally that to is be now alive up to. The interpreter. There's no way to interpret it differently other than, like, hitting yourself in the head really hard. Like, you, you can't look at a C-3PO anymore. And, and, and they also constantly talk about, oh, yeah, programming glitch. Here, how and about it's this? Like, like <laughs> um, if you're, you know, like the Google AI. You talk to that thing. And can... I'm not talking to Google AI, though. Like, I know what you're saying. Yes. But that doesn't apply to Star Wars. Uh, that is a personal choice. I'm sorry, man. Like, I, I've had these conversations for years. Like, I, I have too, and okay. I, I don't understand what, like, like the, mm-hmm. the, the, the concrete wall we have both hit is nonsensical to me. And thus, moving into Roboto, mm-hmm. like most writers, they went for the rote thing of this robot's so lifelike, so it should die, and we'll make that poignant. Uh, and so it's it's a really predictable rote thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, Roboto's covered in death flags, and then he does a grand sacrifice thing where I'm like, you know what would be really interesting is if he survives. And then he dies, and they have the sad scene, and I'm like, you just had a much more poignant sad scene one episode ago. Uh, so the, the like killing Roboto was a waste, much like killing every single robot that ever expresses emotion in star Wars is a colossal waste. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that, that was another huge crit I had, uh, which is a shame because I really liked, uh, the pull of having Roboto in there, like much like with transformers, the more that you pull in characters who aren't the rote evergreen, like the first ones you think of kind of cast, mm-hmm. the more interested I am. Uh, like I was hyped to see Stinkor, even though it was a bit part, it was cute. Um, and you know, they, they had fist, fisto and clamp champ in the start, but like, that's, you know, whatever, that's the big fight thing. Um, but yeah, that's, that's for the most part is my, is, is the, the biggest crits that, that, and, uh, I think that they were doing eight episodes of story in five. Um, and it, it had a very truncated feel, although that very well could cease to exist once the other half of the story is out. Mm-hmm. Um, so it kind of that that's also where I kind of hit a bit of a wall um as far as like final final thoughts because like that's like asking me what I think of a series halfway through basically it's like if we're an episode 20 of a 50 episode thing and it's like so how how did it turn out and it's like I could change my mind by the time I'm the story's complete very, I yeah I'm very open to changing my mind uh it's just that like yeah going through this it is and I just feel like if this was done to Shira, no one would ever question why fans are not happy that it happened. Like, you came here for a certain thing, you didn't get it. Then what you got, for me, wasn't the best. Uh, it was good. And then 
if you don't say that it was the best or good, then also on top of the conversation, now my like personhood has to be insulted. Which well, you gotta has... you gotta appreciate how on eggshells people are. Like, I understand you say you can just ignore them, but there's a lot of people who don't get that choice to ignore those folks, and that puts people on eggshells a little bit. I find. Um, uh, I found yeah, but it's it's like for everyone. Like for me, like. Uh, I don't get the people being mad at me for liking it. I get the people who are, like, you know, insulting for not saying it's the best thing ever. And, yeah, and then, like, yeah, eventually, that's a separate thing. Separate those people from your experience. And then, like, for my experience, I have the separations of, ah, okay, on one hand, now I didn't get what I wanted. Now what I'm watching, pretty good. Pretty good. But, like, it's not worth the loss for me of what I wanted to see. And what I heard they were going to do. I don't know where you heard. Like, <laughs> I, don't, I, 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 I must have missed something by not not really being that close to the whole thing. It's just like because I was questioning myself until someone found the the first article about the thing. Because I was mm-hmm. like, the first thing I heard about this was that it was a story focusing on Tila putting the the sort of power back together. Before that, it was uh, what's his name? Something David. Uh, he is quoted as saying. That uh, he did want to do the Adam story, and his quote is: "Kevin thought that uh, thought that was terrific, and then he went up to, and said, What if we don't we don't break the sword of power? What if we break Adam too? What if he dies?' So, yeah, it, it was once a thing, and then it stopped being a thing. Was that was that take when did that when did that come out? Was that also back in like 2019? Uh, I don't know when this quote was made." Because 2019 is when they announced the thing. Okay. But I don't know. I I just don't... I I, I get it somewhat, but at a Rob certain David. point it's... Uh, what, pardon? Sorry, his, his, uh, the writer's name is Rob David. Rob David, okay. Yeah, he did the He-Man Thundercats crossover and did some of the DC comic. And yeah, like, for him, who's been in the He-Man lore for a while, yeah, he did want to do the stuff that everyone... A lot of people wanted to sit down and watch, and we didn't get that. Yeah, I I feel like we got something that was still about as solid myself. Uh, it, I I it, it, I think what it works for people who are totally okay with not having He Man as a main character, and not everyone wanted that, and it's okay for people not to want that. Uh, yeah, it's it's okay. It is completely okay. It's just also at a certain point, I don't know what else to say when that keeps getting stated because <laughs> it's like that's cool. You wanted that. I didn't care, and so we continue talking. <laughs> yeah, uh, that, that's all. Like it, it is. Uh, I think people can just go with, oh man, yeah, that would suck for you. But my experience is different, and that's okay to have the two different experiences and just yeah, be able but to also, be sympathetic to the it, people who. That- Really didn't. Well, that's got to go both ways. Too. Sympathy. I don't. At a certain point, it's kind of like asking me to have sympathy because, like, you went to the donut store and they didn't have like glazed, and it's like, it's like, sure, I feel bad for you, but like, <laughs> well, we got to change the scale of that. Like, it's more of like you had a donut uh, when you were a kid, and then you go to the donut store, and then he's like, "Here's vegetables, though," and you're like, uh, "These are really uh, good vegetables." I, I don't know. For me. But it's not what I came here for. 
Yeah, you decide what you came here for. That's fine. If it if it gets farther than that, though, like I I I highly recommend people like in general reverence for nostalgia does more damage than the vibe over specifics. Like reverence for this for the specifics, uh, and you know, He Man is a big specific. Mm-hmm. Uh, eventually, it's only going to peel the rug back enough to show how little there was beneath it in the first place in my and opinion. And I don't think anyone would have that conversation or say that if Shira fans are like, what the fuck? We don't get to watch Shira? And to go, hey, you didn't get to have Shira, but maybe you should watch Bo's story and you know, maybe give that a chance. And everyone would understand why they're like, I'm sure that was a good story, but I sat down to watch Shira. I yeah, I mean this is at a certain point, though, like when that becomes like the final hammer, I'm like, this is so boring, though. This conversation, when that's all that we, it comes down to. Yeah, no, no, like, no, it, it shouldn't. Yeah, I, yeah, we're doing circles now, and I'm saying that it's just not what it comes down to, but it, it's just like a big thing that we can all go. Yes, you, you, people are right about that, and, and well, then, you likewise, though, can yeah. absolutely understand how people have enjoyed it so much. Uh, yes. Yes, I can. Because there are elements there that are pretty darn enjoyable. So tell me about your favorite parts, because I told you the parts uh, I didn't like. Good so you parts. Gotta, you gotta gush now. It's your okay. turn. Uh, my favorite parts about it were the animation. Animation, action, direction. Uh, so whenever action kicked in, it was really good. Powerhouse um, animation, baby. Yeah, and then like, uh... How the characters were drawn were, were, were quite beautiful. Uh, I appreciate that I finally got to see an animation, things that have been just in lore. Uh, that's that's really good. Like, but yeah, it, it's such for me. Like, it's it's so it's only it's it's, it's a visual. It's it's just visual, great visuals that I can, saw. Can that, I? Yeah. Can can I gush about Scareglow being so cool? Yes, you can. Because Scareglow is one of my favorite things who doesn't exist anywhere, basically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when I saw the Scareglow Classics figure, I was like, who is this? dude looks really freaking cool. And I read up about the whole kind of kind of nerd overblown in a fun way thing about how his old toy packaging said evil ghost of Skeletor. Oh, shit. Because everyone was the evil something of Skeletor. Whoa. Um, but because Scareglow is a ghost, his packaging is so basically if, if Scareglow was a mushroom, he would have been the evil mushroom of Skeletor on the toy packaging. Because he's a ghost and they just used that pattern, they called him the evil ghost of Skeletor. And that led to a whole lot of like, wait, this dude is a glowing skeleton with a big ass cape. He has a lot of Skeletor. I think he had like the same, some of the same armor parts as Skeletor on the buck back uh-huh. then. And basically, ever since then, it's always been this nebulous thing. Because he's also... Oh, I should say, it wasn't just Evil Ghost of Skeletor. It was also From Another Dimension was another part. Okay. Because he's he's glow-in-the-dark, right? A video video made a point of that, which I thought the video was reading too much into, but apparently was dead on, where that scare glow did say, Skeletor. I remember that name. And the person's like, wait, what? So wait, wait, this is a future Skeletor? Well, this is also the first time, as far as I know... And I, I don't know lots about mm-hmm. specifics, but I always keep up on Scareglow. I believe this is the first time Scareglow has ever been in fiction that was bigger than a mini comic. And so when when they had that line, I kind of popped because I was like, even if you don't do a ton with this, 
like that friggin' sets that that is setting that is stoking the little fire that always exists under Scareglow. And then mm-hmm. what then helped was also Scareglow was friggin' cool. Is you got Tony Todd doing you know the Tony Todd ass performance that you mm-hmm. tend to get him to do for voicing stuff. But like I love the idea of like uh, and that Orko had the little nursery rhyme about Scareglow in in the underworld and that like. Mm-hmm. Basically, Subternia is is the land of the dead, but for the most part, if you ever go down there, you just find Scareglow sitting there, real hungry for some fear, mm-hmm. and Scareglow might be some disembodied part of some Skeletor, who knows? He's forgotten by now, uh, and I, I thought it was just so cool, and the other thing I really liked, and this is, this is me kind of like filling in a blank is when they had the big Orko sacrifice part. What I'll say is we saw nobody and that everything about that sequence does kind of telegraph. It leaves so many, um, rote narrative openings that Orko isn't actually gone. I, um, I, but I, my take on it is like, there's a 50, yeah, it's totally 50, 50. Like, uh, I, I feel like since there's only so few episodes that they might actually keep it because then it keeps the impact and they only have a few episodes to do it. But if they chicken out, I, I don't think I don't think the way they're going. I don't think they'll take it back. Well, the the thing about it where I'm okay if they take it back is that they mm-hmm. also didn't really show a destruction of Scareglow. It was like a binding almost back into the shadows, mm-hmm. which which well could have like obliterated Orko, right? But I love the idea that like Scareglow is just this like specter who might be Skeletor. He can't remember anymore. And you can't destroy him, you can just seal him back up in the shadows of the underworld, but he'll claw his way out eventually. I uh, love this. Yes. Yeah, Scareglow was such a friggin' highlight to me. Like I, I very much missed the part where you said, I remember that name, and I didn't know, I all I knew was like, generic, uh, for me, Scareglow has always been like this character that I've seen my, uh, fans very excited about, and to me he's always been kind of like, uh, generic, not Skeletor. And then, yeah, as of just now, it has been opened up to me that he is a quite a, a weird cosmic uh, underworld being that uh, more can be known about. So yeah, and it's just it's something I always liked about him is that also completely might just not be anything like the the mini comics for those those new origins figures the wave he's in like they have him in the comic and he's mm-hmm. just a ghost who works for Skeletor. And it's like, that's fine, because those comics are also very, like, they're very low, low stakes, kind of just fun things. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, I just I just love that, like, there was, uh, like, you know, folks working on this show knew precisely what bits of the enigma to lean into with that bit of dialogue. Like, and it does... Or go ahead, go ahead. I was, yeah, I, I, I appreciate that they uh, went deep diving into the lore where they didn't stop at just... Uh, the filmation, like, lead characters. They went into, like, the action figures that, you know, barely anyone knows, but fans love. And we got to see them on screen. So I like that a lot. Well, and and I will say also, like, for myself, I need more than just seeing them on screen. Like, that never means much to me, because I've been a Transformers fan for so long. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like, really, I need more than that. And, like, that's why I was also so overjoyed with, with the Scareglow thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and overjoyed with Preternia as well, which, like, because those kind of lore cuts in a lesser show are done to show you how smart uh, the, the writer is. The writer going, like, Lay, I know about Vicor. <laughs> And like the and you know like what I would call my big problem with Tarantino, for instance, where like I feel like I'm being told how smart 
the creative is rather than like the show, like delivering something to me or the movie delivering something to me. Um, and, and that, that is really like what at the end of the day is why I ended up enjoying, uh, Motor so much. And I said this at the top, but like it Motor, had goodness. this, it had this eager, like, um, love of what it was working with. Mm. It wasn't trying to be, it wasn't trying to be cynically smarter than what it was working with. And it also wasn't being like hands and knees on the floor, reverent, or treating things as like utterly sacrosanct. Mm-hmm. It it just felt like it, it had the, a, a really specific vibe that like, I truly was not expecting to, to get from anything related to masters of the universe. Cause that like classically is always so mired in like, um, what I'd call try hard nostalgia of like, of like all those things I was just describing. Yeah. Um, and it came out a week before kingdom and, a ton of us. I don't mean to pluralize all the time, but like mm-hmm. it's just going off conversations ahead with friends and Discord and Twitter. It ate Transformers lunch by coming out a week beforehand because all it did was highlight. And I like the word you use for this because I feel there's a lot of joy in Motor. Uh, that's what you know, along with the eagerness, like just mm-hmm. right down to the opening, and that set such a good tone. After I saw episode two, when I knew that it wasn't setting the the more like sweaty tone, that opening just being the the friggin' box art from the eighties with mm-hmm. a narration, and just basically going like, "Look, we know you know what this is, so like we're not gonna retell the origin. We're not gonna try to like you know um, go back to square one. We will just assume everyone knows what these are. We're even just going to show you literal toys. We're not even going to show you like the characters from this show. We're going to say this while showing you a wall of box art. And I was like, that's so like joyful and eager. And then you go over to the transformers, Netflix trilogy, which is everything that I don't want. It's trying so hard to mm. be smart. It's it, the siege, the first season. We're going to retell the origins of the war. And it also, everyone's going to be dour and characters die. And, and yeah, for me, the way, the way it went was, uh, do you ever read preacher? Uh, a little bit. Uh, there's a, there's a, the first, and like the one of the first stories, uh, where uh, you see the shot of like a guy with a bag over his head, and the person goes, "Hey Jesse, you know who this is? Wham! Take the bag off the head. It's your dad! Boom! And shoot him right away." Um, <laughs> that's what I. That's what I'm feeling here. Like, hey Keith, check out this awesome art, man. You like Key Man, right? Boom! And they and like I'm like, all right, I, I get what you guys are going for, and. That the the theme is supposed to be to take him off the board so that uh, we experience the world without him to understand why you need him. I get it. It's just the way you guys did it. Well, to, it just to gush a little me. bit to gush mm-hmm. a little bit about that part. My apologies, but like I also really liked that his initial sacrifice and and Skeletor's was also done like as operatically as I think the end of the live action movie was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I, the, the stakes they set up were like, that's why also why I liked it so much is it wasn't just like, we killed He-Man. Uh, it was like, he friggin' is informed of the, of the nature of the power sword. The sorceress like stop slows, not stops time. Uh, 
to relay the message that, like, the universe is about to implode, uh, that's a lightning rod, but I don't know what to do. And then, you know, he makes the decision to sacrifice himself, and in the moment when the sword splits in half, I was like, oh, shit! It's the, it's the dumbass thing from the original toys that no one liked. That's uh, great, though! It's yeah. Just like, and then, uh, like, the galaxy is, like, forming over his head, and I was like, I was like, my, you know what, though? Like, this is, this is, un- like, good shit self-sacrifice. <laughs> Uh, my unfair nitpick, nitpick, I have an unfair nitpick that uh, is just me and not a problem with the show, but um, is with a problem with me in all fiction. Every time anyone ever says the entire universe is at stake, I'm just like, no, please, that is way too big. Please stop saying that. Like, if that's ever possible, then, like, we've had infinite times and chances across all the universe for the entire thing to end. It should have ended a long time ago. Stop saying universe. Just say star system, planet, uh, even galaxy to me is way too big. But I understand why they're doing it. I just, also, every like, time, like, yeah, yeah. Me. The, the, like, I, I don't disagree, but, like, the, the, I'll give it to Masters of the Universe. They're the show who literally have the word universe in the title. <laughs> True, and so, also, like, they, I think it's, their universe, um, the way they describe the universe does sound like it's a different uh, dimension-sized world. It, like, yeah, like, it's just, yeah, like, that is a small nitpick. Uh, I've, I've had that problem ever since, like, uh, comic books, uh, uh, G.I. Joe, like, all, all throughout my life. Every time someone goes, and the entire universe, I'm like, stop saying that. Well, that, that's also like like as that's the thing I find off putting like as a like when I get it all the time like it is one of my biggest grievances with a lot of fiction where they try to set the stakes so high that I'm yeah. like but everyone sets the stakes high here the reason why I liked it other than you know the title being Masters of the Universe mm-hmm. uh, is like it, it just it all felt like like you know if you're like gonna do uh, if you're gonna do this we're gonna have it happen we're gonna go meet up in Praternia in three episodes. Mm-hmm. That this is what I want it to be. I didn't want it, and that's also why. I, yeah, I will not say they should not have done that. I'm not saying they shouldn't say that either. I'm just saying that's a tiny nitpick on my end. Uh, oh, going yeah, back yeah. to uh, the story, like more of my disappointment was like I I also did hate uh, my splitting uh, He Man sword as a kid because like the gray one always bend back on itself is really weird. Yep. But <laughs> what I really wanted, man, I wanted this was like. The sword split. Now I get to see Adam. Well, I knew it, well, it wasn't going to happen. I felt it. Like I knew what they were going to do. Like I could see it in the the trailers. But like what I, in in my fan fiction, what I really wanted was like split the sword. Now uh, Prince Adam has to wield like just uh, just a sword and and, ha- and and fight his way to reunite it. I really wanted to see that. And now we got a design of two swords that so far don't get to have fun action. That was the other thing about the Roboto sacrifice that, like, as cool a scene as it was, like, when I talk about the thing, like, moving real darn fast because it was five episodes, mm-hmm. um, I was like, yeah, we... The swords being split was solved really fast, um, yeah. and my one... The one and only thing I'll critique about Scareglow, he probably should have, like, swung at someone with the Darkness Sword once. <laughs> um, I got I wanted, I wanted... I want... I want depowered He-Man with one-sided sword... And powered Skeletor the other side. That, that I, yeah, depower E man. I'm okay with that. It's needed, but yeah, instead. Yeah, I mean, like I, you know, end of the day, I'm still, I'm still fine with what we got. But mm-hmm. um, the yeah, the the like that level is the other thing I liked about that that um that sacrifice scene was I really liked where Skeletor was and all that too. 
um, both like taking a hit because he knew that's going to open up the super box. And then, uh, and then, like, basically going, like, no, that's mine! Like, I, I, I really like the tone of that Skeletor, even though, I forgot, this is one of my crits. Um, I think Mark Hamill hit a good voice most of the time. Mm-hmm. He also straight up fell into Joker tone twice. Yep. And I know everyone working on the show really loved it. <laughs> so I'm like, uh, yeah, yeah, no, no one probably saw that as a problem. Yep. But, uh, no it, stuck, said, hey. it stuck out to me as a sore, in a, like a sore thumb the two times it happened. Oh uh, um, yeah. I, 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 I shrugged. I was like, you know, you, come on, you know, like what, so you the, tell Mark Hamill not to come on. Well, like. the thing, the thing is, this is, this is why it's like a, a thing I'll back up. The voice he did for Skektek in the Dark Crystal series, mm. pitch perfect place to go as the basis for Skeletor. Uh, and I think it was just a case of like Mark Hamill has such a storied voice acting career; it's like it's easy to not like just go for like a direct cut like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really liked that Dark Crystal series, so like it was in my head the whole time, and I was like, I'm really sure. I know I've heard him do a voice that was like this, but even more what like in just the right little like dash of salt in the right place and i went and rewatched uh, a skektek scene i was like oh damn it's right there but then i'm like yeah i i, I can see how especially i'm not sh- i know he was in the booth briefly i watched uh, i, I want to comment actually a little bit on the uh, the after show thing they did because that was unexpected i didn't know they did that i um, don't know about this yeah there's a there's a full half hour 40 minute after show thing where they talk to all the actors oh um, shit and it's it's really so here's why i like it because I like Smodcast Kevin Smith from the early era of the Smodcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I don't think the Smodcast got bad. I just fell off it after a while. Um, the after show is hosted by Kevin Smith and a guy from Mattel. And the total dissonance between the, the two of because the two of them are always like, usually the, those two are the lead. No, it's those two and, uh, hang on a sec. I got to get her name right. Uh, it's those two and Tiffany Smith are the hosts. Um, Tiffany Smith is the voice of Andra and, cool. um, Tiffany Smith doesn't do a lot. She's mostly, she's more like the over host while Kevin Smith and the Mattel guy are like the interviewers. Mm-hmm. When the Mattel guy is interviewing, it's like a, any, you know, toy company media where it's, you know, very media trained and they're just asking very basic questions, getting, you know, good sound bites here and there. Mm-hmm. Then when Kevin Smith is asking questions, it's pure smodcast chaotic energy. Cool. And, I love it. I can it probably would bug some people, but I love it cuz he he talks to uh the fellow who played Adam. And the mm-hmm. first thing he says whereas the Mattel guy, you know, talked to Alan Oppenheimer and a couple of the other actors and so he's like you got to play the iconic blah blah this and this. Um Kevin Smith is like, hang on, let me go get the name right. He's like, I'm here with Chris Wood. Chris, what was it like for me to kill you twice? Cool. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Yes, uh, I, I look forward to watching this. Cause, it's re- uh, it's really fun. It's really okay, fun. I'm, I'm going to say that Kevin knows what he did. Then, like, and, and no, oh not, yeah, and, and and like I'm I I've been a Kevin Smith fan, still am, always will be. Uh, even when he started doing shitty movies, I was always a fan. Um, yeah, so, yeah, like, yeah. What I'll say about, about shitty movies because I didn't like a lot of them. That's the but like I appre- like going back to that joyful eagerness thing. Mm-hmm. A lot of his really crummy horror movies he made. You can literally smell the weed. Mm. Um, you can hear the Smodcast episode where some aside in joke that went too far turned into this thing, and it's like you know what? It's not good, but I appreciate where it came from. It's very eager and honest. Yeah, I think <laughs> there's it's no a cynicism. Here. Cop out. 
Cop Out was the joyless one that made me go. Whoa. Oh, actually, okay. Cop Out. Kevin Smith hated making Cop Out. He went. He went real tell all right before. Yeah. That was right around when I started falling off the Smodcast. But he basically eventually, like he he. I think Smodcast like dis- he disappeared off it for a few weeks, and it was mm-hmm. basically like it was a really unpleasant shoot, and it he had like a it. he had a don't meet your heroes experience with bruce willis basically yeah i've heard about bruce willis that is unfortunate bruce willis apparently like basically treated him like shit and it's like and it's like i get it you don't have to treat your director well if you're big shot i guess but like kevin smith in the smodcast leading up to cop out a couple years beforehand was so friggin' hype yeah i I, I, i've seen a lot of like how uh it seems like bruce willis doesn't like acting but can't stop because He gets paid so much, like, like yeah. uh, in, in the last uh, Die Hard movie I saw him in, he looked visibly angry on, like, in the, yeah. like, usually, like, usually, like, uh, actors, like, I've seen, like, uh, them talk about uh, Star Trek Voyager and, like, how people weren't getting along and whatever, and, like, on set, on scene, on screen, you can't see it whatsoever, like, uh, Janeway and Seven of Nine, uh, or Janeway didn't like Seven of Nine, and Seven of Nine uh, just, you know, survived uh, the series with, yeah. with it, but like when you see them on screen together, I didn't see a freaking second that they didn't seem like they were the characters they were. On his on Bruce Willis's last Die Hard movie, I visibly saw him just irritated. There's like this one shot of them in an elevator with two other characters, and like normally, since he's the main character, he should be saying something. But like yeah. you saw the other two characters have to fill the dialogue while he just simmered. It was. Anyway, yeah, yeah, I, I think they're fucking awesome. But like, like, uh, what, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll forewarn you. Like, obviously, the tone of the after show is also very like that. They're re- they, you know, they obviously Kevin Smith really dug what he was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, he, but he, he jokes a lot. They, they even there's a, a really dumb, like it's kind of fun. It was a little bit too long, but like he and Muse shot a, a fake toy commercial for the Revelations cool. toys. Which is just them, like, smashing the toys around and Muse running in with Skeletor, knocking He-Man over, going like, and now you're dead! <laughs> um, so, like, Kevin Smith in that thing jokes a lot about, like, it, and in a way that I don't think is, like, mean-spirited. I don't think but it's it, mean. It, but it's, it's, like, it's like what I was saying when he talks to the guy who played Adam, where he's just, like, he says it up front, he's like, what's up, we know you watched the show? He's, he, it's, like, one minute of him going like, now you shouldn't watch this before you see the show because we're gonna spoil everything. And I'm giving you five seconds anyway. We killed E Man twice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and and I, I'll also add like, um, the guy who plays Adam even said like, it's not like he's actually dead. It was we ended on a cliffhanger. Like ex- exercise some media literacy. Like there's, he's probably just really injured. We the joke is we killed him twice, but we also all, I, I fully get it. But when we're <laughs> like once again, like uh, if Shearer fans rolled up and like people like laughing in their faces, we killed her twice. We would all understand like people like going, oh come on guys, I get what you're going for, but this is not what we show for Shira for. And I mean, I'm glad that I'm glad that Kevin Smith gets it it does sound like he, yeah he does get the disappointment and like well, no, he, i'm totally he, cool with him understand like show that he understands disappointment do what you want to do though it's your art i get it and make jokes even but yeah, like, yeah he, just he's, please he's, just understand he, his tone is also i found really refreshing in that I, I also am like uh quite a fan of like telling the um the platformed junkie mob to like mm-hmm. basically screw off 
Yeah. Uh, I like a showrunner who just says that because I'm so sick and tired of the pop culture platform mobs. My problem with um, that is that uh, one more time, like you do that, you give them all the attention, and then the rest of us who do have legit problems don't get a voice, and then you just get grouped with the worst. Versus, hey, just fuck them. I don't don't list. Don't don't talk to them. Maybe. Talk to the fans. Uh, I gotta, I gotta disagree on a certain point because right. being able to ignore them is one thousand percent privilege oriented. Like in some in some areas, you can't, or you're cutting off like your ability to be comfortable in in parts of your space. Basically, okay. um, like and, how and, am I? Able, uh, how am I? Like I feel like I'm having the same. Uh, experience everyone else can like i'm in all the fandoms i'm on social media but what well a big a big one a big one and mm-hmm. a big one and, and I'll, I'll preface by saying this is not accusatory towards anyone but one thing i noticed um in in several cases one of them is is when like a friend of mine was getting um daily videos made about her mm. but um they will always seek out and scream at women first mm-hmm and so, basically, women in fandom don't get to ignore it, for the most part. Yeah. Um, like very broadly speaking. Um, and then that it's then that sets a baseline. Of, also, it sets a baseline of like acceptance of a uh, and uh, acceptance and non-comment on a, a, a cancerous ulcer that's on the side of um, the small like sub community that you are trying to participate in. Mm-hmm. And it establishes a power that makes people, um, and often women, and it's just that's just the mathematics of it, feel like they don't even want to go near it in the first place. Mm-hmm. So there is value in denouncing that stuff to a point, and I, I will always say, yeah, there's a point, and then you've said enough, but... There is huge value in denouncing and belittling and devaluing uh, mm-hmm. those platforms, because it establishes that your lawn is a safe lawn to come by and visit. Uh, I hear what you're saying, and I agree with it somewhat. Um, because I have seen the negative aspect of only caring about them, and that does build their audience, and even they, they even want it. Like, I've seen... Well, like, yeah, yeah I, like, I know what I you mean. Now, I, yeah. I know what you mean, but the gains of denouncing them... Uh, whenever they come up, yeah, is greater than not saying anything. And whenever they been... come up is mm-hmm. the important part. All right, uh, yeah, and yeah, I would definitely denounce them if they come up. It's just that, like, over the years, I've seen the the opposite effect happen, where the more you care about denouncing them, the more their audience grows and. Also, like, they say stuff so people hate them more. I just, I don't, I, I, yeah, like, let's denounce them. But, man, it, it's important to not make them such the main focus of a conversation because it overshadows, like, just people who have legitimate problems. And then also, man, it, it helps them so much. I, I don't, I truly don't think it helps them more than it hurts them. Like, because uh, have you ever I, seen them, have you ever seen, like, a YouTube channel like that get denounced and then like go out like and disappear. No, and but that is not that's not relevant to the denouncing. That's more mm-hmm. relevant to the um fact that the YouTube platform is horrible as well. Mm-hmm. Um but 
so that's why you got to establish your lines in the sand a little bit as far as not letting it's it's the nazis at the bar thing you know you don't Mm -hmm. you don't let the skinheads in the bar even if they're nice paying customers because then you got skinheads in the bar fully agree but i do think that the phantom at large and i know it can't be changed because of just the scale of all the people involved but i i find i've 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 only seen uh this kind of attention get them more attention and i don't want them to be part of my conversations i i I wish they would go out of business but like across the board if i i see people go check out this specific brand name we all hate them and now everybody now knows that person's name and their subscribers go up and they get more money and i just if well, no, but, just but like i i got it i really gotta stress is mm-hmm. a if you're saying they're a bunch of shit then people know they're a bunch of shit and to be avoided if you don't they could be seen as legitimate source of information and discussion from then b what I've seen happen yeah b if i say the quartering's a piece of shit, and that makes mm-hmm. someone go and subscribe to the quartering. That mm-hmm. also takes that person out of my equation, especially if I find out about it. It's it's more like uh, you say it, and people who would already avoid them will avoid them. But now you've the voice and the anger echoes further out beyond our bubble to people who like oh, who are that, and like the people I don't want to find them will find them and. If we make them too well, important, then they're just we're not making board. them important. It's just that if we don't comment on them, they're gonna if they're gonna push harder. They pushed at and I've seen them push into places where they weren't being talked about, and because no one knew about them, people took them as legit for far too long. Even if it's hmm. just a span of a few days, like it's just it's it is it is it is basically it's better to shit on them than it uh. is to to not. And like all things. It's got to be in moderation. You don't drink a liter of milk. You drink a glass of milk. But with big populations, you can't. I, this is a problem. I don't. It's it's just too, it's too big uh, that it can't be stopped. Like, as far as I've ever seen, like all the worst channels, they don't go away. Uh, well, that, but even that, if more. that's if that's the case, then it's mm-hmm. all the more important to establish the rules of your general vicinity. Uh yeah. I and I do. Um, like I said, like. If you guys thought, if, if they come up, yes, fuck them. I don't, let's get them off the table as soon as possible and not go in that direction. But please stop grouping me with them. I just want to talk about fiction is the issues that I roll through. All right. But the, so we should, we, we're going over, uh, how should we, uh, wrap this up? And do we have anything else that we should actually definitely touch upon? Um, I'm just trying to think, cause I, I wanted to make sure I hit scare glow. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, the main thing is, like, uh, there are toys for the thing. They're under a new line called Masterverse, which, Mm -hmm. uh, so they're, like, technically, that's not the Revelations toy line. It's just Revelations is all that's in it right now. Um, I don't really have an interest in buying toys, really, um, other than Scareglow, but Scareglow is, like, a sold-out convention exclusive so far. So I'm uh, waiting to see if they put out Scareglow normally. Um. And uh, otherwise, like, I'm looking forward to part two, um, because I, I, I dug a lot of the vibe of part one. Um, I, I really wish we had a Transformers show with this vibe. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, we, uh, what I'll say is we've gotten Transformers shows that are like this vibe. You know, Cyberverse is one of the best Transformers shows we've had in, in years. Hell yeah. Um, but, like, I wanted, the problem is, and this is what really kills me about that Netflix thing, is, like, which, like, 
No one talks about it because the Netflix one gets all the press because it's on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's also why I'm so happy about Motor is that like it's like He Man got to have like a very uh, well vibed delivery on a tall platform. Um, and it's not like a fun He Man show was made that you watch on daily motion, like is the case with Cyberverse. Uh, like you can actually express some semblance of support for this He-Man show, whereas Cyberverse, mm-hmm. it's like, I can go, I don't know, click up the, you, the some of the YouTube episodes they have up. When, okay, <laughs> I, 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 Cyberverse actually is in my notes. I did want to bring that up, because, like, uh, yeah, I, was, I would say, like, that's what I kind of, I want that in He-Man. Like, I, 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 I didn't get what I got in Cyberverse for there. And the biggest problem I found with Cyberverse is that it was hard to figure out where to click to watch the next episode because when i was going through the youtube it was just like all over the place and yeah um yeah i was just like can can you guys make a cleaner playlist no okay it, it got, and, it got oh. very afterthoughted in a, in a real bummer <laughs> way although what i will say also is like cyberverse i'm not the one who thought of this chris mcfeely's the one who really pointed this out um like some of cyberverse's qualities are shared with motor in in um you know, aside, leaving out the, the thing, uh, Cyberverse um, started with a very small cast of non-mains, because mm-hmm. um, the Bumblebee movie hadn't come out yet, I believe. So it was it was still, that's why Bumblebee was the main character starting off. But Cyberverse st- straight up um, eject buttons Bumblebee and Optimus by season three. Yep. Uh, they are barely in the show, and it is highly for the better. Yes. Um, and that's also why I'm completely fine with what Motor did in that, like, you know, like I said, they didn't, they didn't flush characters down the toilet. Um, that's also, that's also why, like, tonally I get a little bit, like, salty at a certain point, because I'm like, I'm like, they gave them a cool big scene, and then they came back in heaven, like, three episodes I, later. But so, from, like, from my point of view, I, I felt, I felt some flushing. I, I just... I just don't see the flushing at all, and, yeah. and the the Praternia scenes, like for Moss Man especially, actually, the Praternia episode did so much to like um, close the belt on the pants, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, as far as like like making me go like, okay, yeah, sure, all right, let's do this. Like the Moss Man one's actually bigger for me. The He Man uh, Adam thing is is like that was a nice surprise. The Moss Man thing was like, oh, thank goodness. <laughs> like that actually cre I still I still think the, the the death scene was a little bit overblown for what it was, mm-hmm. but it at least like created a small contained and to me like satisfying enough story of like this elemental, you know, gets to be the forest of heaven. That's cool. It is. Um, it is. And so uh, yeah. So for you, like for other for you and fans, that sounds fantastic. I'm glad you guys got that. For us, like I was like all right, but oh, he's dead. All right, Orko. I, I uh, I'm not, yeah, because I guess. Did anyone yeah, like? The thing is, did anyone was, like Orko before? Um, <laughs> I didn't. No. Yeah, so uh, I, I felt like that. Like Orko's thing. That part of the reason I like it is also like Orko's thing was like. I'll repeat it. How the hell did you make me care that much about Orko? Like, that takes that takes some skill. To make me like feel anything about mm-hmm. about Orko as a character, uh, and and a lot of that like the voice the voicing I should also say I don't think we mentioned this at all and I want to say mm-hmm. the voice acting I thought round round the 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 table was pretty damn solid hell yeah um, and and in fact 
I didn't I didn't look up a cast list. When I saw some of the cast members, I double took. Hmm. Um I had no idea that was Sarah Michelle Keller. Yeah. I had, I had no idea that was Henry Rollins. I, I entirely saw... missed that was Kevin Conroy. <laughs> I saw a lot. Yeah, there was there's like some heavy uh, advertising about saying just so you know, and uh, yeah, all, all across the board. But I guess uh, for me, uh, I, I'm I'm now taking voice acting too much for granted lately because uh, since like I grew up in the time where like it did seem like you got somebody from the janitor's closet who's like, what 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 am I doing? Okay, put down that gun, and then uh, let me go go back to work now. <laughs> and like yeah, it was it was really bad. So now. Man, like across the board, I I almost see just only great. Yeah, and uh, I, I, sh- I should also mention because I know it's come up because Alan Oppenheimer, who played Skeletor in the eighties, right, got mm-hmm. a, got a role in this, and people said, "What what about uh, the guy who played He Man?" Um, and we Alan Oppenheimer was at a local toy convention some years ago, mm-hmm. during which the question came up of like, "Hey, if you're doing conventions, what about?" And I was like, because he's very reclusive, I don't remember his name all the time. The guy who played original He Man in the eighties. Uh, is happily retired and, in fact, does not like the attention, does uh-huh. not want the attention. Um, in Alan Oppenheimer's words, he's very happy just painting. Good. Um, and so, because I've, I've seen it come up of, like, you know, why did they not get the other guy in? And it's it's literally, because I think people just don't know this, the guy who played He-Man in the 80s, in Alan Oppenheimer's words, at least, who I have no reason to believe would be lying about this, just does not want the spotlight, has no in, has no need for it, and... Like, there's a good chance they probably reached out. I mean, they probably reached out, right? Moved but, away from California in 2010. I, I, I'm looking him up. His, his name is John Irwin. John Irwin. And, That's it. Bro, like, I, I loved his voice acting in original He-Man. Like, yeah, as, as, uh, as ho-hum as I thought the show was, I loved his voice acting for He-Man. So if he wants to not... You, he, he can do whatever he wants. You leave him yeah. alone. If he needs me to, to come over his house and deliver some bread, I will I will totally get in my car right now for him. So Yeah, but by all accounts, he's very happy in retirement, and Alan Oppenheimer has many cool. times for many years poked him and said, you want to do this convention thing? You want to go do the fan thing? So it's, it is not any kind of like weird, you know, disrespect thing. I don't think, um, yeah. That voice I heard, uh, yeah, man, he... Good, good for him. I'm I, glad he's happy. I also want to say because I know I know I've seen the question and it crossed my mind of like well, if you got Alan Oppenheimer, why didn't you get him to do Skeletor? And then it's actually in the after show when they speak to him in the studio, mm-hmm. and he kind of does a little bit of Skeletor voice. Dude is is just over eighty years old, mm-hmm. and it's kind of like no, I could see this being too much to ask to like do the bombastic Skeletor thing hmm. for. Many minutes in a row. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. <laughs> yeah. Like. Like. It, it. It. I think it just might be a. Bit... Wait. So. What. Did, what. Who. Who did. Who did he do then? Again. Uh, he in the he was Moss Man. Oh. Weird pick. I believe he played Moss Man in the eighties too. Okay. So it cool. was. It was a matchup, and um, that's also why I, another reason why I like the Praternia episode so much is that Moss Man had got to say a really nice thing about like closure and rewards, and I was like. And this is friggin' Alan Oppenheimer saying this. Like, that's kind of touching. Uh, uh, knowing that would have actually made a lot more of a... That would have meant, that would have meant more. If I yeah, it, and, and a lot of that, like, I think Alan Oppenheimer very much went under the radar 
for a while, so it's it's kind of hard to like make all those connections. Really, like what? I I only oh, know some of this stuff because he was at this local toy show, and I I, I was like fascinated by like what he, he had did to say. come back once. He he uh, the the original He Man came back one last time to be He Man for Family Guy. God bless him. They oh, Aww. I vaguely recall that. Oh man. yeah, yeah. You you telling me you talking about him and bringing up and like him being saying he wants to be left alone. You, I want to send him like just like a card saying thank you, man. Just thank you. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like like and I'll say again, like that that after show thing. You know, absolutely. It's like I've seen those Netflix after shows before. Like that's why I waited a few days before I watched it because I was like, there's a good chance this is just like promo for a show I just watched. Mm-hmm. Which like I, I just watched it, so I don't need you to tell me how cool it was because i just saw i will be watching it after this uh podcast is done yeah it it has that air still right but like there's good nuggets in it and a lot of it is because kevin smith is like chaotic Mm -hmm. uh and and i think a lot of fun to watch talk um but yeah uh in general like I, i liked it i got my problems with it as i stated um and uh I, I got I got it now that I've like have watched all of it I got a confidence and also because Kevin Smith friggin spoiled something from the second half already on Twitter because uh, he's way too eager <laughs> yeah he, he uh, yeah he he went he he straight up like uh, the the one of the big problems with me not feeling Orko's death is that like he just said it straight out in a podcast I'm gonna make you eat, like like not podcast on a YouTube and like. He didn't have to. It, he, but he, like, yeah, he got, you saw him, he was like, but I'm gonna make you care about Oracle, then I'm gonna kill him. Uh, I, I can't, I can't not talk about it. And I was like, okay, now I know what's happening. Yeah, he's, that's, that's the thing about Smith that I love and hate. That's why I don't follow him on Twitter, is because he's like, <laughs> call. he's so friggin' eager that I yep. love it, but I'm he like, not I, stop. I gotta not look at anything you're saying until after I see the thing you made, because you're so friggin' into it, you're gonna tell me everything. And <laughs> Like, those videos, and I've seen them critiqued, and it's, like, it's critiquable, but they've had those videos where he watched a thing, and he's like, and I cried! And I've seen people go, like, I can't believe that he took money to say he cried. It's like, look, he took money, he cried. He is that kind of person. He, I have <laughs> he I got, definitely been noticing, like, and also, like, yeah, I was, I was watching uh, uh, Inside of You with uh, Michael Rosenbaum with uh, Kevin Smith. Have you watched mm. any of those? I, I haven't seen that, no. They're so good. Um, he talks to like Kevin Conroy and all these other stars, and like all they do is like basically go straight into, oh my god, life is so fucking hard, and like you get to hear like them the go through like talk about like the hard shit they experience. Like Brandon Ralph, like just went all into like, yeah, I know I'm rich, but he got crushed with depression after so many returns, and and then also like Kevin Conroy, uh, apparently he he used to live with uh, Robin Williams. Oh, Kevin man. Conroy talked about like the death of his father and and blood, and then the the thing that touched me the most was like how much he loved Robin Williams, and then when they lived together, he's like, "I love that man so much," but he was in so much pain. Like, you know those voices you hear him do? He one like several nights, or I'll, I'll say one night. I I know he's telling the story about that. At least one night, he he couldn't turn it off. There was one night I go back by his room. And those voices are just continually talking to each other, and he he couldn't turn it off. And yeah, yeah, yeah well, I, Rosenbaum, Michael I, Rosenbaum. All I was gonna say is like way back when I was really deep into the Smodcast mm-hmm. in like the two thousands, there was an episode where Kevin Smith was talking about a Wayne Gretzky documentary he watched. 
mm-hmm. and how it made him fall in love with hockey again, and he straight up broke down crying while he was talking about it. God bless that man. And yeah, so it's like in the, it's in, like, the in the Michael Rosamond thing, he's talking about how uh, after you get past a cer- certain age, like you, you just start, you can't help but you start crying a little easier. Yeah, and like and like you know, obviously marketing wise, people take advantage of it a lot, and he makes a lot of oh, money yeah. here and there. But like the one thing I'll always defend is like he ain't faking it. He's he 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 is probably like he probably got a lot of cannabis in him, and mm-hmm. these are just his honest emotions yep. pouring out of his face. And like, if it's annoying, yeah, sure, but like, just don't say it's a lie because I just don't. I genuinely don't. I can't. Un- I can't comprehend a Kevin Smith, and especially in 2021, like making up his emotional reaction because I don't think he knows how. <laughs> true. 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 I, uh, yeah. All- also, I've, I've, I've said that, like, if Motor is the result of eager stoner power, then maybe folks working, maybe F.J. DeSanto, showrunner of six consecutive Transformers series for older audiences, maybe he's got to get some weed in him. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so my, my great hope for He-Man is the next series. Uh, the toys and designs look horrible to me. Uh but it's being mainly run by the guy who wanted to do the Adam story, and this time there's no uh, overriding him. So hopefully, in the next He-Man series, I will get to get my Adam story and well, it's it's a, kid- a depowered He-Man. The next one's a kids show, right? Yeah, it's a kids show, but like yeah. so is Transformers, so is all these like good cartoons that we do love. Well, no, no, so- I, I don't mean that as a, as a derogatory. I was going to okay, say yeah. s- since it's a kids show. And as a toy line that isn't, like, part of, quote-unquote, Masterverse collector stuff, mm-hmm. there's a much greater chance that it's going to be a lot more, uh, what I call, evergreen-friendly. Again, not meant to yeah. be a derogatory, but, like, you know, it's just a flavor. Because, no, um, yeah. in fact, like, I was more excited about that show because, like, I keep saying this, I thought that Revelations was going to be edgelord shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's, that's also why I liked it so much, because it was so much not that, for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um and, and yeah, by all by all looks, like the the next show, I don't remember anymore. I thought at the time I saw like names attached to it that I was like, no, these people will probably do good work. The, um, the, the names behind it tell me that hey, Keith, you might be in for something really great here. But like all the promotional art and the toys, hideous, just hideous. And uh, but uh, yeah, I'm crossing my fingers that I like, actually can't remember what any of their stuff looks like anymore because because. Uh, during when all the when all the toys and designs were revealed, um, yeah. that's when their messaging was so blurry to me. I actually didn't know if they were showing me stuff for Revelations or that show, so it's all like a big mush in my brain. Please bring this. Yes, I see this Google window coming up. I need cool. the refresher. It's <laughs> it's uh, yeah. It's, oh, because it's also on Netflix, right? Yep. That's also uh, what confused me so much. <laughs> where is where is it? Just, oh, you're never gonna find it with that with that search is. now. Okay. <laughs> Like he's got the the DreamWorks smirk. I was gonna say like like Motor. Oh, that right, right, right. I remember now because uh, Motor has devoured the Google search for Netflix He Man now. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. And like the toys look really bad, but like yeah, like I looked up like the the, the writers and stuff behind it say that hey, just you know, grit your teeth when when you see the the designs, but you might see something's what you're looking for, Keith. Once the actual show kicks in. Is it was that the only design that no there's because there's more than that they've shown right or was it just that um, I think it's just there's it's just this and the toy uh, let me see here okay because like the, what, the what I'll say is like I, 
I'm not like doing backflips for that for that design. I don't hate it. I'm just not doing backflips for it. Like it doesn't really. Oh, no, you know what I'm thinking of? They revealed that along with the Revelations toys, and that also confused oh, wow. me. So I'm thinking of the Revelations toys. So I hate these, but I like that a lot. There we go. Okay. Yeah, oh, those are the Netflix ones. Or oh god, I they're yeah, both I Netflix. Those are the non-Revelations Netflix ones. Yep. Yeah, these toys. Goddamn. <laughs> DreamWorks, right? It's DreamWorks, right? So we can say I, DreamWorks He-Man. I'm not sure if it is. Because we can't say Netflix He-Man, because that doesn't mean anything anymore. <laughs> uh, but yeah, my, my fingers are crossed. Please, d- don't... I, I, I hope it's as cool as this thing here. Oh, it's not... CGI. It's a CGI he Yeah, it's DreamWorks it then. It's, that's DreamWorks then. CGI, like, that's fine, but it... Uh, to I'm me, just trying... the, the, yeah, the CGI looks looks bad. I, I haven't actually looked at any clips of it. I'm I'm just I'm None trying to figure out so ways to shorthand this series now that because mm-hmm. I can short. That's also why I'll, another. This is like a nothing reason. Another reason I like Motor, so I can say mm-hmm. Motor, and we know what I'm saying. Like I don't have to. <laughs> I don't have to come up with like a a Motor lengthy abbreviation. Is a great way of saying it. Yeah, is is Motor? We know what that is. Uh, DreamWorks He Man, I guess, is the other one. Uh, I was gonna say, yeah. like, this is the problem, right? We're searching He-Man and Masters of the Universe Netflix. It's still all Motor. <laughs> hey, um, so this one's called He-Man and the Masters of the Universe versus the uh, the one that's just Masters of the Universe. Oh, we call it He-Motor. He-Motor. I like it. He-Motor. It shall be done. I got a he- but- I got a bad He-Motor on my back. It's got some hair growing on it, and I gotta <laughs> get a cream. Fingers uh, are crossed on He-Motor being. Uh, Good, good, and what I want out of He-Man, which so far it looks bad, but we'll see. I, I realize this doesn't play in the audio version, but like it is, it, I'm actually kind of enjoying this discovery because I didn't think about this. How like they both are Netflix He-Man, but now like one because one exists now, like the other one has been nullified from Google Image Search. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm wondering like the branding how... is awful. The branding they should have called it something with a word in it because like. We're not gonna like Hemotor is fun to say now. We're not gonna remember that. Gonna here's, a, here's a tinfoil hat thing that I have going on, uh, where like uh, I, I talked to a person um, who is uh, kind of con- I wouldn't say I'll say he he knows people who are making the Star Wars movies at, at all, and uh, I asked him like you know like are they doing this on purpose? Are they pissing off the fans on purpose? Is there like maybe a, a plan? Because like I was wondering like. Doing it like this, this He-Man type thing, uh, right away, killing off He-Man, doing it like this, it would, everyone should know that it would make the, the internet explode with anger and arguments. <laughs> and then I wonder, like, is it done on purpose? So that, like, no, th- this is the most anyone has ever talked about He-Man ever because they did it like this. And as a result, now He-Man is more known, so when the, 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 the other main main toy for kids kicks in. It'll be now on more people's minds, and maybe that's what's going on. And my well, friend it, says, "Never, Keith, never ever. If you see something, all you're seeing is humans, and sometimes they mess up, sometimes they don't, and they argue just like everybody else. So it's not a master plan, but man, this works out well for us." Oh, well, actually, what I what I was gonna say is, I think this this really kind of like like. This this would be helping the kids show if they'd call it something like Motu Chronicles or something like that. Mm-hmm. 
But because it's just called He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, people are just going to look for Netflix He-Man and they're not going to see it. Like the the on a on a really cynical marketing level, I think the branding of the of of the other Netflix show is really weak as far mm-hmm. as like letting anyone know that it, I I I'd bet a, a nickel that when it comes out, people won't even know because it's going to be or they're going to say, oh, season two, of, oh. <laughs> I, I I I I just feel like in I'm I'm pretty sure sure I'm wrong, but um I tinfoil hat I can't help but see it, which is that like, uh if they had done the He Man that I wanted, and even, like, even if they hit as high as uh good as Castlevania is, then they, we would have as much internet talking about this as the internet is talking about Castlevania, which I've not heard jack shit about people talking about Castlevania. But if they do something that has, like, inciting incidents that they know would piss off some fans, now all of a sudden, YouTube explodes, the YouTubers are making money, the the internet is making articles. Now, everyone's talking about He-Man, it's now on people's minds, and now that's advertising. So the the one thing I'll say, and it's not, it's not like, to say you're wrong, but it's mm-hmm. like... I feel like I'm supposed the, to be wrong, but man, it worked well, out the, like this. The, the the thing is, I, I couldn't not hear about Castlevania. Oh, you heard so, a lot about Castlevania? Constantly, because it broke the, it, it kind of broke the curse on video game uh, episodics. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, I think it, it, it very much also is just like, we all still run in our circles. Yeah, bubbles. Um, and, uh, yeah, it, I, like... Like, couldn't all my see YouTube, my face. My I blinked channels. a lot. I blinked a lot when you said, whereas okay. I heard nothing, I didn't even know Castlevania existed. And I'm kind of like, yeah, well, I knew. But, like, all the YouTube channels, all, the, like, the nerd sites that I follow, like, I never saw anything about it. Except oh, for just me and a few friends. I saw, friends. It, ev- I saw it everywhere. Um, right. it, it, in, in, in fact, like, I saw it everywhere to the point where I also saw stuff about Blood of Zeus because Blood of Zeus was made to look like another Castlevania. Huh. Uh, all right. And I, I mean, then, I mean. Also, I got to throw in here: Blood of Zeus is not another. Blood of Zeus is fine. I thought it was. <laughs> I, I thought Blood of Zeus was a lot of. Uh, it was so much fun. I. It's, it, it, it's it reminded fine. me of like I. I actually literally did write fiction like that. It's called Jack Sky, and uh, I did it for my Latin class. So like you know, any chance I got to write about Jack Sky interacting with like uh, the Greek pantheon and stuff. It was exactly like the, this show, so I'm having a lot of fun with that show. The, the only thing about Blood of Zeus that mm-hmm. I found really off-putting is, like, Blood of Zeus uh, tells one story in which Zeus is a flawed and fairly bad person. Yeah. Um, and the show constantly presents him as a superhero. And at a certain oh. point, I was like, you gotta stop trying to make me love this Zeus if you're also telling me how bad he is. You can't I do both! I- I think I might have posted about that. I was having fun because, like, you know, like, dude, the guy's standing right behind you. Like, he's he's killed so many people, and he, he's done a lot of edge. Like, are we go- okay? We're just gonna stand the part when that. the part when they also had him have that like little hero wink at Hera. I was like, that was my little <laughs> was, again, not like mad. I just like that was my my biggest like. I just like look at screen. I'm just like, fuck you, buddy. Like, don't even, <laughs> don't even, don't take me for a moron. Don't do no, this. What I do? What I do? <laughs> what I do? Come on, guys. I'm Zeus. You guys know what I do. Come on. Like it's it's also because like at the same time they they did the same kind of little arc for Hera and then mm-hmm. they kind of just vanish her to appear in an ostensible 
sensible second season that they seem like they want to do. And I'm like, I'm like, don't, don't hero shot Zeus at this point, <laughs> guys. Like, I like your monster designs a lot. Just let me wash one, eat him, and we'll, <laughs> we'll be good. so. So, the, like I said, like I, th- I, 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 uh, I logically think that I'm wrong about the call because. Like, like my buddy said, like he's like, nope, nope, sorry, Keith. I, I see what you think you're seeing, but in Hollywood, you are really just—you're not seeing masterminds. You really are seeing people, and and but like, yeah, and and then uh, I guess yeah, like uh, my observation in my bubble it, it is incorrect as much as I think. So, I mean, I, I would, yeah, I would, people ag- talk about Castlevania. I would, I would agree with your friend. I'd say it's good that you recognize, you know, the the mm-hmm. the possibility. Like that's, I do not that's believe important. everything I think. Yeah, but it's it's good that like you're not like no, you're crazy. I am. Yeah, it, I, it just, I see the the invisible hand. And yeah, <laughs> it, it's just like man, it lines up. Like man. Uh, yeah. I I mean like you like do you think like if you, if we got like if we got the He-Man that I think I want and and it was like really good or like, even on the same level as good as uh, what we got, do you think? we'd be getting as many articles and conversations and as much attention as it's getting now. Uh, I, I do um, very much for two reasons. A Kevin mm-hmm. Smith um, is a massive name. People were going to talk about it either way. Um, especially like him doing like a toy cartoon. Like that's, mm-hmm. that makes for talk at least for like the first episode, but B powerhouse animation delivering on it was going to bring it up in all of the, cir- the circles I run in. Like it, they powerhouse makes people look at shows. Mm-hmm. Um, I would not have given blood of Zeus a second look if it wasn't for powerhouse being attached to it. And when I mentioned that, when I watched it, a lot of the replies I got were basically like, yeah, that's the only reason anyone looked at it. <laughs> powerhouse. Is that a Korean studio? Uh, no, they are American. Um, <gasps> I believe. However, however, on blood of Zeus, they primarily did character design and storyboard and keyframing, and then the frames in between were done by a Korean studio. Um, for Castlevania, I believe they were a lot more hands-on. Several of the animators at Powerhouse have shared on their personal social medias, like, um, scenes that they hand-animated themselves. I, I I apologize to America for looking my down my nose at their animation for... Castlevania's animated in America? Well, I, I don't know 100%, but I know okay. Powerhouse is a, an American studio, and I know that, like, there are, like, some of the best sequences in Castlevania were, like, f- a frame, like, like little, like, um, 30 second to two minute segments mm-hmm. were, like, one animator frame by frame. This is their big passion moment. They are oh doing this God. scene. Oh, my God. I um, did not know. There is a but... sequence in, there's four seasons of it, right? Yeah. Yeah, in, in season four... Oh, don't spoil it. Not going to say what happens, but there are mm. Sypha action sequences that are r- ridiculous. And some <laughs> of the animators shared where they, they're like, like there's sequences where also it's not just that they're ridiculous. Powerhouse, a big crit on Powerhouse is that their animation models are way over detailed. Um, you can see that in Castlevania to a degree. Like everyone is covered in stuff. I man, so it's hard to stay on model, right? Uh, if it's not anime or like, uh, like I, I thought, like it was a Korean studio that did like Airbender, right? I can't remember. I, I, yeah, I, I I, for all this time, I've just, I've, I just kind of like said, I'm sorry, but like, you know, I don't know what's going on in our country, but 
apparently we just don't care about animation, therefore we could never do good stuff, and whoa! Oh, yeah, power, is, powerhouse is, is, to me, like, the most inspiring thing in animation I've seen in a long time, in part because they let their animators share all this. I mean, um, I should say, I feel the same way about the folks who worked on Spider-Verse. Um, mm-hmm. and they, they shared a lot of their stuff as well. And they, they okay. and, and they share, and, and I think this is part of what makes it so, you know, connective to me is that mm-hmm. the animators will show like the reference videos they shot and they'll show like, yeah, I worked on this 20 second sequence for a few months. Uh, and in season four, like there's a bit with Sypha where she's not only doing like wild shit, mm-hmm. she is on model in every frame right down to the straps on her like shoulders, everything. It is I, ridiculous. Yeah, I, I, I like there. There was that t- you know that period of time where all of a sudden like Americans seemed to give up on like normal animation and we're just CGI. And I was like, okay, I guess. And yeah, goddamn. Uh, that if I've ever insulted oh, well. or looked down on American animation, that was a good smack in the face that I deserved. And- you want you want to get your mind blown a little bit more? Only a little mm-hmm. bit because this might not blow your mind. There are some things in Castlevania that are CG, but they sure don't look like it. I love that, and I believe it. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it, it sounds like uh, they might be doing like some kind of like uh, like what they did with like um, Treasure Planet, maybe with like the the backgrounds and whatnot, so you can move the camera around. I, yeah, like the, yeah, there are some backgrounds, but and and those ones I usually can spot, and not in a way where it's bad. It's just like I. I see it sometimes. And I'm like, no, that's cool. I see it. Um, but like, the, I don't remember what it was anymore. It's just, there was one thing where they said, oh yeah, that thing was CG. And I was just like, what? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. All right. Um, all right. Let's, let, we should wrap this up. I could go for much longer. I'm having a lot of fun. Uh, yeah. Well, it, it, that's, that's also like, that's also why I'm so excited about the second half of Motor is also because it's more powerhouse. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like powerhouse, even at their lowest, where they just do the keyframes, still friggin' does it for me. Like there's I, they, there's a vibe about about the way that they block action. That's just oh, the rhythms are so the good. the uh, I'm not sure if the words excitement I have for part two is that okay. So to me, it's potential possible that what I saw in part one is them pulling back the bowstring. If they're pulling back the bowstring on my how much they're not giving me of what I want and then in the second part they let loose that pulling back of the bowstring might have been worth it. Uh, Did it you be. see the Kevin Shit. Smith new spoiler? Uh that it's going to be uh Adam and He-Man story in the next part. I don't want to I don't I mean Kevin okay. Smith said it so it's weird. Kevin the showrunner said it but I feel weird saying it still cuz <laughs> it's say a spoiler. It, say it, say it. Okay, he basically said like that the two fights between Adam and Skella God are super intense and hyper violent. Alright. And I was yeah, like, alright. All right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I knew it was gonna happen, but also I was like, Kevin, you didn't have I don't want to get my hopes up again. <laughs> like, it's it's also uh, alright, man. Like if if you say so, I'm here. If you deliver, I'm I'll be happy. But for now, like, like, I'm just curious as to what they'll do in the part two. It might be a clever thing, you know, it might be a clever thing with the wording or whatever, whatever, but also I'm like and and I mean this I just don't know another way to say this because this comes mm-hmm. off kind of kind of insulting, but I don't know a better wording for it. But it's like okay. it's like the the basic media literacy is like you're you probably couldn't see He-Man and Skeleton God fight each other. Oh yeah, we <laughs> like there's uh 
<laughs> if, if he wants to go all in on disappointment, that would not happen. I mean, the, to me, if they didn't do it, given the part one for me, usually I'd say, like, this would be super disappointing if you don't do it. In this scenario, if they didn't do it, the reasoning would fascinate me, and I like I need to see what they do then. Because if they don't do it, it's gonna be for a freaking good reason. <laughs> and I think they could have a freaking good reason if they want to, but it also is like like how do I put this? As someone who complained about the roteness of Roboto's story, that's to me that's roteness. He-Man fight Skelegod is so um, uh, structured by these five episodes that it would feel like you'd have to really be shocking. You'd have to surprise me a lot to not to not do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, uh, you see the Zeus thing in post? I have right in the screen right now. I swear I will. Not- yeah, friggin' he <laughs> lied. To- he lied to her face, and and then this is my only problem. Mortal women exist, Zeus. Hera's not great, right? Nope. The show had, like, this weird vested interest in saying Hera's worse than Zeus without ever proving it. Oh. And I was like, you just, come on. <laughs> I, 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 she's, both of them are fucking monsters, and you hope they don't look at you, is and then, what and I then, know if he's scared. And they presented both of them as monsters and then kept, like, shining this, like, really pretty light on Zeus every time he looked at the camera. And I'm like, I'm like, come on. Like, this is... So, there's, 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 uh, there's, I, there's a part of me that wants, if, if, uh, if you're, if you're, uh, the part one of He-Man, just go full desecration then, like, if, if, uh, let's say that in part two, uh, Prince Adam permanently breaks his back and now we have to have Tila become the new He-Man and and then like her defeat uh, Skeletor. Just just go all the way and then let me see the reactions from the YouTubers that I do like and it usually creates really good creativity actually. I mean if they do that, like there's a way to do that that I'd be fine with. It's just mm-hmm. it seems like a, it seems like a lot of not in the cynical way I should say. Mm-hmm. It just seems like a lot of work that, like, Kevin Smith himself, it doesn't sound like that's what he'd want to do, because he seems pretty hype about, like, <laughs> in, like, he seems pretty hype about, like, all about hitting a lot of a lot of notes, and I think, you know, he hit a lot of notes, I think, in those five episodes, for the most part, uh, with, like, a big twist at the beginning, and then, like, a cliffhanger um, in the what season I've, break. What and, I felt was, uh, like, um, it, it's not a gotcha, but he did say it. And uh, he he that he's not a He Man fan. Like uh, he said that on like uh, one of his podcasts, and or it was like a video. And like so, what I feel like I saw was if you're not a He Man fan, the most fun way to do He Man is to take him off the board and use who you want to use instead. I mean, I I would assume when he said that he meant I'm not like a fan of the entire thing. Uh, like most most people, as we established from your Google search, most mm-hmm. most people say He Man instead of Motu. So yeah, I, it, I, it was more of like it was it was more of like I think it was just like a normal it's like the normal kind of person who wasn't a He Man fan because not everybody's into everything is yeah. what he expressed and and, and uh, yeah that's uh, like I I think it was more like like he's and that's also why I was worried early on because like. It felt more like, yeah, I think he, the idea of He-Man is kind of cool, and I'm going to make it edgy, and he thankfully, like, didn't go that kind of route. Um, 
Because also, like another, another, this is this is to Castlevania's credit, and not just of Ennis, but also the other folks who worked on the writing as well, um, mm-hmm. in in the creative process. Garth Ennis doesn't give a shit about Castlevania, <laughs> like the what? the oh um, Warren Ellis, you mean, right? Or sorry, Garth, yeah. Why does dude? You got me. I was, I was like, oh, holy shit, holy shit, because I love Garth Ennis. So I was like, is is he writing it, dude? Ah! Sorry, this is and this is not Garth Ennis's fault, but because his name is E consonant consonant is. Yes. I constantly mix him up with Warren Ellis when I'm saying both their names. <laughs> you got me excited. <laughs> I'm like, sorry. Jesus, it keeps Warren, better. Warren Ellis came into that thing in fact many years ago is when he wrote the first the, the first season. Um Okay, and, the, uh we we are talking too much, but I love this and I just need to ask, do you know why he's how do you end up like why Kana- does he care Konami about Konami wanted a, a fancy writer name to tout as being working on their Castlevania show, basically. H- has anyone uh, interviewed Warren Ellis to find out why he did this? G- like, how- why did he get so inspired to do this good a job for... Ca- like, no one ever asked for a great Castlevania, and, like... Yeah, I guess, like, maybe he just had the right elements, and... Like, off the top of my head, it was, like, they co- they reached out to him, mm-hmm. uh, and they hired him to write uh, Treatment... Um, and he was just maybe in the right mood at the right time to just start just they, dropping I, some of the best stuff he's written. I'm also going to say Konami probably waved a big ass bag of money at him. Hmm. Um, now I, <laughs> now which, I can really write. You know, like that can also convince people a whole lot. And then <laughs> it, it was a combination of that, and then people working on the thing. Like, thankfully, working with a comics writer, the comics writer was. Uh, amenable to being informed of some of the nuance uh, lore cuts that exist. Uh, you know, it was given story Bibles and stuff and then, you know, like worked with that to a, to a degree. Um, I will say the Castlevania show, like, it's not like you watch that show and then you're like, I'm going to go play the game version of this. Like there is no, like, it's not really like one of the games rendered as a show. It's just like, it's a show that takes a bunch of concepts and makes like a cool thing out of them. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, uh, that that's you know, that that's the best you can I think hope for with like a big named comic writer getting um hired on for a project like that. Um and you know and thankfully it was one who was not like going to react to a disinterest by going like I'm a phone it in. Um so you know that that's the scenario yeah. you hope for. That that that's like I keep saying it. I was so worried that this Kevin Smith scenario was going to just be like, you know, <laughs> We're gonna pay a money to us, put a name on it, and then a, a lot of us did experience that, though. Like we're, I'm experiencing that. Like I, I see. I love Kevin Smith, but I do feel that I feel the story was phoned in. Uh, I don't feel the animation was phoned in. Well, I, I sh- I'll reword it. Yeah, I, do, I, I, I would say, regardless of how you took the story, it's very difficult to argue Kevin Smith was disaffected or uninterested in agreed. what he was doing and was just very, very agreed, very agreed. F- was fulfilling what he needed to do to get a big paycheck. I don't think that's the case. Um, no, no, I, I think he, I think he was genuinely in, in, in love with his, the hit, the project he was doing, but I feel like the source of the creativity came from, uh, I know he man's important to a lot of people for me to do what I really want to do since I'm not, the same kind of fan that people are of oh, he I, I, I want to. I really want to say it's not about kind of fan because I, I, I genuinely don't think he was coming at it from like where in the fandom like do I fit in? No, no, but no. Like, but like, 
Uh, it's I, just uh, some, it, it would be a natural thing that any human would do because we all come from different points of view. Well, yeah, but but also what I what I would say, and the, and the way that like you know, regardless of how it hits you, like it is it, it is a, a it is a thing to say. It is worth taking a big ass risk on a story if you feel really solid about what you're doing with it. Mm-hmm. Which I feel, especially in the, like in the way I've seen him talk afterwards, I feel he felt very solid about what he was doing. Taking the big ass risk is a you know it is a quality of a type of writer, mm-hmm. um, and I you know it is inarguable that he took a big ass risk um, with with uh, the you know the big twist of what the the crux of the story is. Yeah, um, and and so I. I I, how do I put this? For me, I, the, I would the, say the, the, it, it didn't come from a place of like I don't really like this He-Man guy, but I no, think no, it, no, not like that. No, let me let me finish what I was going to say. Like I was going to say that like it comes from a source of like for me, like you asked me to do a He-Man story. My source comes from getting him back to being an adventurer and uh, not Superman, so that like I would just lean harder into. The fantasy angle and whatnot. Um, from him, I don't see like I don't think he was. Yeah, he said so. He was never like a fan like that. But what he come he comes in was probably like loving and caring that people love and care about it. And then like there's a big emotional thing that from his point of view he's doing by taking He Man off the board so that like everyone has to reflect on that. And yeah. I understand like what and, he's doing, and I, I and also want to just like yeah. I also want to say like it, it is also like intent wise. The show you want is a show that tries to sell toys as well to a certain degree. Like it's it's an adventure, right? Yes. Um, that sort of is uh, is like potentially ongoing. Like the the thing that I see in his story that also is why I, I ended up digging it is like on the outset this is written to be a contained kind of like this is a take on how this whole story could end. Basically. Oh yeah, okay, no, okay, I, I correct. Um, my my problem is the characters that I want to follow when I go here, and it, like, I, and I also I definitely like I wasn't really thinking much much about toys as much as like, can someone figure out how to do He Man really well? And instead, I got what is a pretty good Tila spinoff, which if I had both, I'd be more okay with. I, I think you're gonna get both once the other one comes out. Well, the other yeah, one just needs a better crossed. name. <laughs> fingers are crossed. We'll find out. Cause, right, cause um, also, I, I, I don't know. I was going to say, I, I, I think a T, I think spinoff, I, I don't know. I think, cause I think, I think spinoff somewhat, um, uh, from my point of view, it should not mean lesser. Yeah. It shouldn't mean lesser, but like, I feel like I'm watching a, like, what if the end kind of story. Mm-hmm. Um, which to me is not so much a spinoff. It is a what if the end kind of story. And I, mm-hmm. I really like that. It's a, what if the end kind of story, uh, that isn't incredibly dour. Um, gotcha. like there's a sense, like even, even the little bits, like I should, I, should, I, meant, I meant to mention, I really like the part where, um, you're seeing the very like techno magic nonsense fantasy world of He-Man, um, here and there, like breaking at the edges when magic is gone, but all the weird tech is still around. Mm. Uh, and I really like those little touches like that, like, you know, Tila and Andra get hired to rescue some magic gauntlet. That's not magic anymore, but it makes a yeah. bunch of religious people feel better. Mm-hmm. Um, and that like, there is a, like 
uh, uh, the the remnants of a magic well that makes plants grow really fast, and people are lining up at it in in mm-hmm. like very obviously because they don't know how to grow plants properly. They've mm-hmm. been relying on magic water to do it the whole time. Uh, good. I I I definitely experienced some good uh, good ideas and legit good ideas that yeah. for me didn't coalesce. And and I, I I'm I'm also I want to see how it ends because I I. The one bit of talk that I'm kind of not into is all the people going like, so you're going to get season three and season four, and this is going to expand Dude. into a universe. And it's like, I watched very loudly, I felt, the first half of a two-part contained story that ends the whole thing. Yeah, this in, is a miniseries. Some way. And, like, if they want to do more seasons, I guess, but, like, I really hope that if they do more seasons, I still get this contained story, regardless of if they make more afterwards. Uh... And I mean, I will, because there's no way that those decisions would affect what's what the next five or six episodes are, because they made them already. Mm-hmm. Um, but as that that conversation being the loud one kind of bummed me out a bit, because I was like, I was like, we're we're watching like a those kind of rare instance of a contained story for a franchise that isn't like actively seeking to like expand in ad finitum. You know, as long as, as long as yeah. Netflix yeah. lets them. So, like, it's why don't a, we embrace this? It's a good this? idea to, to to have stories that finish uh, is, is is very important to. Yeah, and, and I love on like I love checking back in on characters. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I, I the stories that finished that I liked, I still would love epilogue short stories and stuff. But like, like I don't know, just the way that like it immediately the conversation went to like, so how will this expand and how will they keep doing a show like this? How are they going to mm-hmm. have seasons three onwards? And it's like. Why don't we just like enjoy the story that we get? And I mentioned earlier, same thing with some of those Disney Plus shows, like uh, your like your Wandavisions, for instance, mm-hmm. where moment it ended, it felt like everyone was just talking about, oh, what does this mean for all the movies? And it's like, this literally, we just watched a contained story though, and like it had its hooks and stuff for the greater whatever universe, but like it also was very definitely a contained little story, like with a good you know comic multi-parter for instance a marvel comic multi-parter where like it slots into whatever the continuity thing is but you can read it as a graphic novel or something and yeah. and people were just i found uh, people very broad strokes the the pop culture voice was so eager to just like skip past that part as soon as possible and talk about how it fits into what comes next and it's like it's like just just take like Enjoy the story we get too, though, please. Nope. Like nature of the beast, nature of the beast. Tell me, at least tell me you enjoyed watching a story too. They, not not everyone is like us. We they, 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 they it, like when we hit the giant population, like all there are a lot of people who just that's how they think, and that's just gonna happen. I, I still and, think a lot of folks are not like I think a lot of folks don't themselves think that way, but like that is that is what they're you know. Um, that is what the pop culture tells them is what's exciting. Mm-hmm. And it, oh, and that's fine. It doesn't really matter. It only bums me out when, like, I want to talk about its cool show, and the first thing someone says is how it slots into everything else, and specifically how that doesn't work as, like, a negative. And I'm like, I super don't care if it doesn't properly slot into everything else. <laughs> if, if I thought the story itself was good on its own merits, if it doesn't slot into everything else, oh, well... <laughs> we just ignore <laughs> <Yeah>. it then. <laughs> All right, uh, I we will end on a positive note. So I will say my final impressions first. Is that okay? Oh man, that means <laughs> I have to be positive. That's hard. You 
going to do that anyway. <laughs> I know. I'm just messing with you. All right, cool. All right. Um, so, yeah. Um, all I wanted to watch was He-Man. I did not want to sit down to watch a show that will instantly put me on a purity test, which, like, right from, like, the first episode, I was like, ah, oh, Jesus. Like, this is formed in a way that the internet will now start doing the uh, political hunting, and if I don't like it, then, ah, fuck it, you know, life's short, I'll just say how I feel. And, like, so I just rolled through it how I would just be honest. And so I um, didn't like certain things at all, and thought that it, and, and I understood that, like, it would hit a lot of people the wrong way. And then, like, going past that, I was like, all right, then let me engage with just the fiction. And then the writing itself, like, for me, I hit so many points where I was just like, that doesn't make sense and therefore more impacted uh i see a lot of elements in this that it could hit greatness and i can see how it does hit greatness for a lot of other people um and i hope and wish and i'm trying this is what, like one of the reasons for the podcast is to let people just get to a point where we figure out that like you can totally fucking hate something and totally have a good conversation with a friend, and it's okay for both you guys to think and feel whatever you feel, and and it's even like helpful to like reach out, and understand, like and sympathize, like why a friend hates something, and therefore you know like more of what's going on when things are made, and like more people can be considered. Um, on the other end, like also like hey, art happens, and um, I think that there's a lot of value in art you hate. Um, like as a, as a result of last Jedi, I have become a more, um, I, I've, I've, I have a far deeper understanding of why I ever liked that fiction in the first place. It forced me to leave star Wars and venture in places I wouldn't have. And I ended up finding some of the greatest fictions I've ever experienced. So like, I was like, I needed to learn more about, like, remember why I love science fiction. And all of a sudden, I found myself in another freaking country's culture of nerdness. Uh, I never really knew much about Chinese geekness. And now I've made some friends over there. So, like, as a result of desecration, I, I think that people do double way too far down on stopping at hate as opposed to learning from hatred and how it can build love. So with He-Man, I am getting experience that right again, where like, I'm just like, Ugh, I didn't like this at all, which has slapped me in the face and I tripped over backwards. And now I'm reading the comics. And I'm going, Oh, okay. Well, yeah. So with, with art and fiction, um, I think a lot of us or myself forgot the joy of searching and and discovering and that is that was always the case back in the day like you like it was really hard to find like ips that you liked and you weren't always served uh the best where wherever you wanted you had to go to the library and look up names and then follow artists and then it it just it grows your appreciation and, and yourself as a person so that's that's what i got out of this like it's not what i wanted but it did teach me more about what I do love, and I've seen some great videos and YouTube art made from it that have given me joy, and some connections with friends have been just even more fun. 
And then also it made me strengthen myself in knowing that, hey, Keith, this is life. People are going to come at you and they will not be fair. And you have to learn to uh, understand yourself and get past it. So that is my take of it. And also, um, I am 50-50 on what I want next. I would love if all of a sudden the next season came around and like... uh, Prince Adam stands up and he does wield half the sword and I do get to see his journey of like becoming a warrior without powers and oh man that that would be so beloved um but then again hey man if you guys going to go further into what I see as desecration it it really does make for some very funny YouTube videos and then also forces me to uh it forces me to not just sit there and know that I'll be served what I want I have to seek it out and maybe dive into other like more Conan comic books. And yeah, don't go to, don't think that a corporation will always just give me what I want. Uh, when it comes to art, the, the journey of seeking it out and finding treasures is so much fun. And you get that a lot. If a piece of art punches you in the face and that's what I get from this. There. All right. I I wish you had a different word than desecration because I can't take that word so seriously. <laughs> okay. Uh, oh yeah, me me and my buddies have been talking about this a while. Like I, I will say, like I, I wouldn't say they went as far as the word desecration, but it it serves the purpose of what I'm talking about. It's just because I, I have I one of my things. I have such a this kind of goes with my thoughts. I have such a thing against treating um, franchises as sacrosanct. Um, and thus desecratable, um, because it, it accomplishes little in the long term, and it's often just a placebo in the short term, I find. Um, not how I engage with it. It's not like the IP is sacrosanct as much as like certain franchises really do start, uh, from artists and create something that I love. Yeah, it's just like, to me, desecrate in media has to be a lot more than almost anything I've ever seen. Um, I used to think differently, but like, it's just like, basically I'm pro desecration for the most part. Mm -hmm. Um, as long as the, as long as the attitude is right. Um, and that, that's what I really liked about this show is that it had an attitude that like, I wish I saw every time, um, another take on one of these, um, monolithic nostalgia bomb franchises happens. Basically, mm-hmm. like, I wish they'd all learn the lesson from Transformers, which is that the norm makes your thing um, grow stale if you keep doing it over and over again. Transformers mm-hmm. is constantly at that risk right now. Uh, Cyberverse is almost like a... It's not a not a journey, I guess, but like it, it's it's such an example of how to start off being told to be as boring as possible and then going so far from that in such a short amount of time. Um, and the, the thing that I really look forward to, I hope on the back of, of Motor is that if more of these, um, kind of like, you know, uh, childhood love project uh, things picked up by older creators, things happen that they have this vibe that they have a, an affection for what they're working with, um, on, on like a very baseline level. um, 
And I think it is fascinating that we got Motor and Transformers Kingdom in the same span of eight days, because mm-hmm. there are no two shows so unalike that are trying to do the same thing than those two shows. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's 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 worth watching both if you if you want to and have like that kind of um, I'm not going to say scholarly, but like you're watching them, you know to to see examples of stuff that are ostensibly all like cartoons for for adult children um and and i i really hope that it it, it creates more motor shows where where it is expected and it is and it is eagerly and it is eagerly delivered that the folks working on the show above all else just really dig like quote unquote really dig this shit uh, in a way that isn't like cynical or that isn't like um, trying so hard to tell you how smart they are or trying so hard to tell you how dumb the old one is. Uh, and instead, like, just like is is like in love with it, you know, and then when they want to take a risk, it's a risk that they take because like, damn, this stuff's cool. What if we do this wild thing? Um, and then like telling a story afterwards. Um reaching into all the little pockets here and there of like, you know, lore and stuff, but not reaching into it just to like wave the lore around and go like, look, I know what this is, but like reaching in and using that lore to fulfill roles in the narrative that could exist anyway. Like what if that lore didn't exist, like we'll just come up with heaven and hell for what masters of the universe is. And it's like, Hey, by happenstance, we already got them. And here's a bunch of characters that tie into this kind of stuff. Um, so in general, it's just like, it was a really pleasant surprise for me. Um, as someone who I didn't mention it is totally down and was kind of going like, all right, let's see what we're going to do with He-Man. Um, I didn't know the extent of the twist until I actually watched the first episode. Uh, and I was, I was like, well, this isn't what I came here for, but I'm enjoying what I'm getting. So, Hey, let's do this. Um, it's a lesson you learn as a Transformers fan as well. Like, the more you expect something, the more often you're disappointed, even when they give you what you expect. Um, and you, and you, get the, you get the happy surprises, uh, the more risks that are taken. Um, come with its hits and misses, but yeah. And, and above all, that's, that's what I got out of this. On the greater cultural level, um, it was inevitable because the Chud Machines already were all drippy all over the, the Netflix She-Raw show. So they got that, they got the blood in the water. I was kind of, I was kind of expecting it to be messy, but only for about a day. Um, and, uh, hopefully people do have those conversations that are, you know, more nuanced as they look for it. I would just caution like, it, and you know, Keith, uh, you fall into it, unfortunately, and I don't think it says anything about you, but like, you know, if you end up having opinions that align with, like, the toxic bombs, then just, like, reach to your friends who are giving you the side-eye and, and say, what can I do to tell you, uh, or what can I do to show you that I think those pieces of shit are pieces of shit. I just didn't really like the show that much, but I'm not invested enough in this to, like, make not liking it part of my identity. I am more than happy to do that, but I think it's a two-way street like of of maturity that everyone yes i should reach out do that also on the other side you should have the maturity not to hunt people like if they have an opinion it's not good to try to say aha i found you you're one of them like no don't 
do that. Well, don't, yeah, don't hunt, don't hunt for people. people. It's just like I I very much am of the school of thought that like if someone does give you that side eye, you just got to go like, all right, what did I do to get the side eye? And if if it feels like it's as simple as that, then it's like, well, it probably if there's someone in my life, they probably aren't that cartoonish. So I'm just gonna say like, hey, aside from what I felt like the show, am I giving you any indications that like I'm falling on the chud line because I don't uh, think I, 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 I am. I definitely do that, and I, and I have done that. It's just, yeah, it, it, yeah, I, I agree. It's just also, I, I would like to put, uh, put out the lesson that also, it it's okay not to hunt people. Like, yeah, just, let, just, just I, talk to them and find out why they think what they do instead of assuming that they're with whatever people. Well, yeah, I I, I, I agree with you to a certain degree. Uh, like, it depends also if you're dealing with randoms or not. Because um, mm. you gotta you gotta also protect yourself at a certain point. Um, but I, I, and I, I want to say like, I have a big thing about equivalency. It's like the, the, like toxicity is a broad definition. Yes. But like, you also got to look at the people you got to look at the, the greater picture of fandom. I genuinely believe, uh, pop culture nonsense like that also targets women on an auto part, like an autopilot targeting, mm-hmm. um, which puts a lot of women on the defensive when they want to even participate in the space. And a lot of us have been let down by a lot of people over time. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's unfortunately um, often the place where it's a two way street, but one street's a lot shittier than the other. And you kind of got to give them that, that aggro room. Uh, I I think what you're also seeing, there's like a, a scale element of like what, each of us gets to see in our bubble. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm, I'm in this case. I'm, I'm end up seeing in this case. I'm because it's like if if I just look at my bubble, I would also say I don't see what the big problem is and how you can't ignore it. It's because I I have let other bubbles into my perspective. Yeah, and listen to them when I had a, I used to have reactions like you've had all the time, and then I listened to a whole lot more people and um. To me, it's like, no, I get it. Like, you, you inherently kind of have to be suspicious um, for your own safety. Uh, I, all right. Even, even if you know someone really well, once upon a time, that meant something, like, that meant something more. Um, but we are really in an era of, like, masks coming off. I'm not talking about the, mm. you know, the pandemic one. But, like, yeah. uh, in general, like, like... There, there is a, an air of like you really think that like that has happened in in a lot of places to a lot of people. Um, yeah, did you see Lindsay Ellis's video about that? I didn't. Uh, that's a whole other conversation. Okay. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I don't want to drag it out even more. There's there's a giant ocean of imperfect people, and yeah, like uh, it, let's not get too far into it. I, I just gotta say one more time, like. Uh, as I've watched all this happen, giving them too much attention and hate gives them more popularity, and I just want them off the table. The the what I'll say is much like cockroaches, if you ignore them, they'll just crawl onto the plate that's right in front of you. Like it, yeah. it, 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 it's it's like you know I've said this. It's all all things in moderation. Always mm-hmm. always like try try to. Um, Try to try to give your own brain um, the the R and R of you know like focusing on stuff that you also feel good about. But in in pop culture fandom spaces, like fan, fandoms uh, inherently 
need to change because fandoms have become too much a case of being a person's self rather than their interests. And so as a consequence of us not being able to change that, it, it makes it, it, it makes a lot of this stuff just like more risky for a lot of people who in you and I, both of our cases, we are at far less risk than a lot of the folks who are a lot more hypervigilant. Mm-hmm. Um, just unfortunately by virtue of being dudes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it took, like, it took me a while to, to, to figure all that out. Um, and, you know, thankfully I got a lot of, you know, people who had the patience with me to, uh, or at least like you know, the patients and also like spoke about it enough that I could just kind of quietly watch and, and look at that stuff, mm-hmm. uh, or read what they were saying. Um, but sadly, like, sadly, that's also going to be like a big part of Motor, um, you know, much like it became a big part of what Star Wars is pop culturally, um, it, it, uh, was used by the, uh, the shithead, um, um, Air Force, uh, in a way where it, it occupies a similar memory space, uh, in the, in the, the greater, um, internet memory as, you know, your, your gamer shit as well. Um, it's, it's an ongoing thing that, like, is easy. It is something you can separate when just talking about the show with folks and friends uh, who mm-hmm. enjoyed it. Um, but it unfortunately is a thing uh, that, like, if you ignore it, then eventually you're telling your friends who are far more targeted than yourself that, like, I just don't want to hear about it. Oh, um, no. and whether or not you're actually telling them, like, there's you know, it's a silent communication of sorts. Um, it it's more of like. Uh, I think it's called dimensional awareness is what three by problem calls it. Uh, if it's happening and I'm positive it is cause all things happen because there's a lot of stupid people in every layer of everything. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm there and I don't deny it is happening. It's just that like, uh, as much as I've sought it out, I'm still not seeing it and I can't like jump in if it's not appearing before me. And then if I do bring attention to the shitheads, bring attention to the shitheads. And I don't want that. This, yeah, like, I, 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 I want us all to cut them off from all of us. And, like, if they start going after one of us, find a way to cut them off from that person. And just, like, let them simmer in their own stupid bubble and maybe suffocate each other. Yeah, it's just like yeah, it, it's really hard for me to step uh, I step into stuff that I don't see, which doesn't mean it doesn't exist and that's okay. It's just that like where am I supposed to do it if I, I don't see it? Or well, if I don't see it and I just bring it up, now I'm just giving attention to people I don't want to have attention. In in your scenario like like you know, I'm, I'm starting to sound like a couch dude here, but like in, in your scenario, I think it's just like, you know, if, if you say, oh, I didn't really like the show and someone's like, damn, are you like down with, with all the shitheads? Yeah. Like as much as that feels insulting, I mm. would, I would recommend you look at it as like, okay, like I, you know, I didn't, uh, agree with any of the shithead, um, air force. So, all right, I gotta, I gotta, how do you put this? Rather than taking it so much as an insult, it's like, all right, how do you say, how do I express that I didn't really enjoy it in a way that like doesn't align me with the dog whistle that clearly I sounded without meaning to? 
Yeah, I, I do that, and it's it, the, 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 there's the nature of the beast. Like, there's there's a way of like all these articles start popping up. It forms it, and like you can't not. It just it's just kind of a internet thing that does happen. And what I definitely like, yeah, what I'm what my position is to help others is to try to get us in a different way so that people stop stop defaulting there, stop hunting people, and have conversations and well, I'd also I'd also humanity. I'd also caution like as much as neither of us like really experienced a ton of it like there's a good chance the person who really flew off the the handle at you um nah. not to say that they were they may well have experienced something like that same day you know we're hot coming off of it that's also yeah. a, the, that's an assumption I, it, I would make if that were in like my own situation um, uh, in this case, in, in the case that I'm talking about, uh, no, that didn't happen. But it, I understand what we're talking about, and it always has my sympathy. I'm always want to listen. I'm always willing to step up and and push down anyone who's bullying another. And yeah, yeah. And like, I, I'll also end on saying, like, I know I saw uh, another friend of mine on Facebook feel worried that he didn't like it and that that aligned with a bunch of a bunch of scumbags. Mm-hmm. Um, and. Uh, I, I didn't want to poke him too much because I was like, I don't really know how to be helpful because I haven't watched the thing yet. Um, but, you know, I look, I, I glanced in and it's like, it took like two seconds and someone was jumping in going like, oh man, you, yeah, brother, you hated that show too. You're in good company. That thing was an abomination. And it's just mm-hmm. like a tone which made me immediately go like, whoever's talking to him is probably someone I wouldn't enjoy the company of because I can detect that f- immediately from this tone. Uh, and it's the same thing when I brought it up on Twitter and I got a couple, uh, semi rando responses going like, you know, oh, it's a shame. Kevin Smith is a piece of crap lied to all of us. And it's a very specific tonal thing. And I say that even though it's text, but I, it's just the word I use where it's like, I can tell, like, I, if I set that part aside, I don't think I really like this person that's talking to me anyway. Um, and there's this, when when the wording feels like it's informed by voices of authority to them, because I see the same wording a lot, I'm like, mm-hmm. this is this is probably someone who is tangentially chilling out and checking out some of that stuff. Uh, and unfortunately, to me, it is a dog whistle. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I I see it happen to both sides though. Like I see the shitheads get to dumbasses who say stupid shit. Then I see the people who are on the other extreme side uh, demonizing, and it gets to other people who think it's the job of like being a part of the fandom to demonize people who don't like it. It's... It's humanity. I, I just don't... I don't actually see the equal, other... I, I know what but, you mean by the other side of it. It's just like, whenever I, I see know. that, it's... it's mm-hmm. Like, I, the equivalency thing is something that I'm, I'm trying really hard say to explain. Equal. I'm, uh, I won't say it's equal. I'm saying that there's more than one bad that happens. Well, yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's just like, I. it always, whenever I hear that kind of talking point, it always sounds so close to equivalency, it makes my teeth grit. Because I'm, yeah. like, I'm like, we really can't do the favor to the actual shitty, shitty people. But I, I think it's a disservice to do a false binary of all one thing and no none of the other kind of bad. It's okay to say that they both happen, but they're not equal. But they're both bad, and we should not allow either bad. 
yeah, they shouldn't happen. It's just like I'm I'm okay with the other one being like dummies who don't know when to stop more so than the motivations of the shithead uh, Air Force. Mm-hmm. Um, this is important to me because I have also I used to feel a lot more even handed about it than I I've witnessed in many different forums and conversations that inevitably, um worrying about both sides equally ends up just doing plenty more favors for the shittier side. Yep. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm not, yeah, not equal, just recognizing bad and not wanting either. Yeah. In any case, like it, uh, it is a shame that that stuff is invariably tied into the conversation of this. Um, yeah. especially because I now, every time I mention the show, uh, lock replies on Twitter, because twice I had irritating conversations pop up, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, again, to close off, He-Man finally hit that Star Wars cultural level of it uh, has it has uh, name searching uh, fandom elements that are terrible. Here's the good <laughs> that I hope comes from this. Like the, I, what I think it happen, is going to happen for the and it's starting to happen, but I think uh the from what I how I experienced it, the desecration of Star Wars created the lore channels, uh, lots of videos, lots of love of science fiction and Star Wars itself. That's informing potential artists of the future to really take Star Wars further in ways that I would love it um, and change it even in ways that I would love it. And same for now, He Man, as opposed to before where. I do I do feel like no one would talk about I feel like I do really feel no one would be talking about it if it was just the kind of good that I wanted. And now that it's not, suddenly there's an eruption. Suddenly now way more people than ever before are looking into the lore, know the lore, and can create the artists for the future that maybe will someday go, you know what? This back here before the cartoon started was some good stuff. And maybe It'll bring out the goodness. Can and I can not, I make a can I make a yeah. little suggestion though? Yeah, yeah. Because genuinely, I think a lot of the that that fan made media that that is coming from a good place. It's not coming mm-hmm. from a desecration. I think it's more so coming from trying to make one's own fandom space nicer once the shitheads show up. Uh, what I saw was like the problem of uh, the desecration. I saw was like not understanding how fast certain ships go compared to other ships. And then like a lot of like a lot of lore and like world building got lost. All of a sudden, if we're not gonna get it from the movies, it came from the fans. I mean when did really, like, I, when like, did we like, ever like, when did we ever get ship speeds though from Star Wars? <laughs> um conversations and role playing books and comic books. Uh, I, I, I yeah. guess it's just I I don't I I just really don't like the flavor of like the desecration led to something beautiful from the fans when like to me I feel a lot of that stuff comes from the fans wanting the fandom space to just be less shitty. I, yeah. I, I don't. I, but it's it, there's like a there's like a the, there's a uh, a vacuum of lore that I saw and it got filled with fans. And now I see backgrounds of, like, the Mandalorian culture or, like, deep dive philosophy. I And I, I, I did not see that before uh, Desecration. 
Well, I think, I mean, also, I'm going to just say He-Man wasn't desecrated. I just got to say oh, that. Oh, yeah. Really. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm being hyperbolic there, but by doing something exactly what a lot of fans don't want, suddenly now they want to speak up about there's also, what they do love. I also think there's a bit of a tighter ceiling on how much He-Man there is to, to content farm about. Uh, I think True. It's, I think it's more so... Like it's you know more people talking about He Man means more people uh you know are talking about He Man, but hopefully it leads to people saying He Man less and Masters of the Universe more because I want I want all the other shit to get talked about more because the thing I'm kind of tired about is how it's always about like the evergreens for for that stuff and and like you know you never I don't know I, I oh no no the scare the scare glow thing is huge yeah when I say He Man I don't mean specifically just him I mean that. The entire mythos is suddenly being known more than it has ever before. Yeah, I mean, I I would also say there are a lot of He-Man channels out there. It's just you had to be looking for them. Hmm. Um, um, as a result of this, they are now appearing before me. Yeah. I, and I've, either way, um, I, I hope we do get some more... Um, good vibes desecrations of franchises because like mm-hmm. i i am gen- i genuinely gen- generally enjoy watching it because um to me it's never desecration when it's a good vibe it's just like taking risks um and i want to see more of these risks get taken um i want i i'll say that i am getting tired of the versions of desecration that i'm seeing and i want to see risks done that won't be done knowing specifically it's going to set people off. Well, I, I I also would say that if you worry about whether it'll set people off, no one will ever take a risk. Agree. So uh, there, I, I think there's like it. it I, I think there's like man, like I, I had like I, I keep on. I knew these conversations would happen in the future, so I've been trying to keep track of like things that like have done it where like. There's, there have been things that, like, have done top to bottom, not what I want, not what I asked for. Holy fucking shit, it was so good and well done. So, it's not like a, yeah, it's not, it's not a binary of, like, uh, either it's exactly what I want and it's good, or that's, it's not what I want and it's bad. That's also why I'm, I'm picking on you a little bit, but I mean well. It's just, like, de- desecration colors the the tone of what you're saying in a way that I don't think is accurate. What word would you prefer? Um, honestly, just like disappointment, because that's the way I tend to describe it. Is like I was really looking for a thing personally. It also I'll just I usually just say it bounced off me hard. Uh, the, the if you know in this situation, the way I put it is the risk they took bounced off me hard because I very specifically was hoping for a thing that was nullified immediately, and it was hard for me to get past that. Uh, disappointment. Um, using that word is, um, seems less, for me, it, it, it's, it's less caring. Like, if I'm disappointed in something, then eh, I don't really care that much. If, if I use the word desecration, then it invokes for me, uh, deep love and care. It, it just makes it sound like you take it to sacrosanct, and I know you don't. Nope. And so I, I really would implore, like, exploring the vocabulary of, of, of what you're talking about, because every, you're making a lot of good points, but, like, every time you say desecration, it sounds real kooky to me. Yeah. And, like... It's definitely supposed to sound dramatic. 
I know, but I, I, I just, I think it, it creates Fine. an inaccuracy. Uh, then I, instead of creation, are you looking at, are you looking at, are you looking at, at thesaurus.com? No, I, I was going to say, <laughs> I'm looking at a, a really cool picture of He-Man figures where I'm like, what the fuck is this? Oh, you're not looking at your, I'm looking at your desktop. I can't. S- oh yeah. That looks like, um, a bunch of customs, customs based on the, I think those are customs based on the live action movie. Wow. Yeah, that's really good. Uh, desecration in, uh, instead of desecration, how about, uh, respectful disappointment? Hang on. I'm going to go to thesaurus.com. Cause I'm curious what they say. Uh, oh no, these are worse. Oh boy, <laughs> these are terrible. No, don't use these words. Okay, you want to? Okay, oh, no, no, no. That sounds even cooler. Okay, Keith, these are words that I implore you to not use when yes, discussing yes. your reaction to pop culture. Oh, please tell me. I promise not to use them. Blasphemy. Yeah, I wouldn't do that. Defilement. That's closer to what I'd like. Debasement. Yeah. Profanation. <laughs> what? Prof- profanation, the profaning of <laughs> <laughs> profanation. Okay, I, I I might use that one. That sounds fun. Actually, no, I'd be down with profanation because there's no way anyone uses it seriously. No, and so because basically, what I I hate picking on you so much. I <laughs> I just think desecration has this bite that like is really like it's like it's it's. It's un it's unbecoming and and it's not as cool as you are. Yeah, so, yes. uh, I I will push back against. I really don't like it when people choose my words for me. I know I don't want to. That's why I don't want to choose your words for you. It's just like that's like, like it's it's yeah. I get you, what you're saying on your end and how you feel the word is used. The, the number of me, times already I, I've misunderstood you, right? Because <laughs> I was focused yeah. on like the word you were using. Yeah, and and for me and my friends, it it works and it it feels good and like it properly contains like our feelings and emotions that we are trying to process, and then we can move on from them and learn from it. Yeah, I I don't I don't I, get. I don't like to word police about tons of stuff. It's just like there's eventually like I'm I I try to be real particular about the words I use because like because miscommunication is so easy, especially when entering in, into hyperbole. Mm. Um. So, so like I don't know, like a lot, a lot of I, I tend towards a more chill way of talking anyway. Um, but like that's also why, like I, I'm like I'm like I keep getting stuck on certain points because I'm just like I don't know how to I don't know how to go into this when we're using desecration because like I'm I, I don't know how to process that in a way that like because I know he doesn't mean that it's literally sanctified. No. These points, so I don't know. It's uh, I don't want to. I don't want to keep picking destru- on you. I feel bad. Yeah, destruction of things that I love, and eh, like I know people are gonna say what they want to say, think what they want to think. I can't control it. It's just that uh, I will always remind people. No, I mean this. Yeah, it's just like because I don't know. Every time you say desecration, I just feel more. It's like you're seeking. A, you're seeking a fundamental quality. It was not present. And honestly, like, I, it, it seems like it was disappointing more than anything else. <laughs> um, uh, I, I guess like if it's just, there's a, there's also for me a crossing of not just disappointment, but like, just, eh, well, I, I, um, He-Man, I didn't see destruction. Uh, Last Jedi, I saw destruction. 
The destruction thing I know also made me blink a lot way back, because I was kind of like, I don't know. I'm not good with hyperbole. Hyperbole tends to kind of tweak me a bit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's why I start poking at you a lot, and I go like, do you mean this? <laughs> uh, I understand that people poke, and I, and I know who I am, and I just have to use the words that mean the most to me. Yeah. And if people have like questions, I will answer. But uh I'm already trying my best, so I, I can't uh think beyond like I must make sure that the word I use is okay for every single other person besides me. Is just uh, going a little too far with that one. I don't know, I know. It's just like I I know there are that I there is a way cooler way to put what you're saying. That, like, I bet. <laughs> But and I mean I don't mean that I isn't am, like you're not cool, but I just mean like there's a way that like doesn't doesn't make me blink so much. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, yeah, word policing, man. Like it, 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 it's it's a thing. Uh, I'll have whatever conversations I can for whatever anyone needs, but I do have my own heart feelings in mind, and they need to be talked about, and I do the best I can. Uh, anyway, everyone should, this is going to be weird to say, if you listen to this whole thing without having watched Motor, you're a weirdo, but, um, you should go watch it. It's very conversationable. (laughs) Yep. I have told people that, uh, you should definitely find out for yourself and like it or not, there's a lot you can learn from not liking something. It's not too harsh if I, it's not too harsh if I say someone to listen to this without having seen the show is a weirdo, right? Because, like, we went really... Uh we a real deep dive on what the show was, and we we talked about things. We said a whole bunch of spoilers. I I don't know. I will say <laughs> that I I've, I've learned that um, there are people who are not like us who really do prefer they get the entertainment out of the conversation, not and and like videos, not specific. so. I, if you, if you're doing it without that, I get why you're doing it. Mm. Those ones, oh, yeah. those we ones don't have to approve of them. Those ones uh, I will be a bit mean to. I'm not. I'm not going to feel as bad about poking fun at them. <laughs> yeah, you, you feel you gotta feel. Say what you gotta say. I'm okay with it. Um, and, and it's just that, like, yeah, I just understand. Like, eh, different people, different, different do different things. Y'all spent three hours yeah. listening to a He-Man podcast and you didn't even watch it. What is... <laughs> I guess you can be in transit. That makes more sense to me. I guess if you're like yep. in transit or if you're doing if you're doing data entry or something, then I guess you could be doing that. But chores or a walk. We should be listening to a storytelling podcast, and there's so much more cool stuff you can uh, uh, do that too. I do. Uh, All right. <laughs> All right. Um, that'll be it for this podcast of that uh, has gone, uh, what was it, twice as long as uh, we were supposed to, but fuck it. I mean, everyone, I mean, we, you know, you know what you're getting into if it's just, if it's just me on a thing and I'm not also hosting and editing it, like it's going to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> cool. All right. Vangelis, where can you find more of your work on the internet? Oh boy. Uh, Twitter.com slash Vangelis is a good place to go. Uh, YouTube.com. Look for Vangelis review on there. There's stuff in there. This is some heat. Hey, there's some masters of the universe toys in there somewhere. I'm pretty sure at least two, one or two. Uh, if you want some Transformers podcasting, WTF.TFW2005.com. Gonna gonna record a thing about Netflix Kingdom uh, on Monday, Boy. I think. Um, during which I'm gonna preface by saying we're gonna talk about Mutor a bunch because 
is better, but also because it came out the same week, and I gotta, I'm gonna do the thing where I'm just gonna say, like, I, for the purposes of the thread, MOTOR is considered politics and thus not allowed to be discussed on the boards, because that's mm-hmm. how I, that's, that's the trick I pull, right? Is I say, we're gonna talk about a thing, because this is an audio podcast, but the board rules apply to posts. That's how I just get people to not post things that I don't want to hear about. Um, I should say salty things I don't want to hear about. <laughs> Well, if you want to add a link to us in your show notes for further discussion, uh, if you want to, yeah. you can. Yeah, that's just for mine because I because I make that podcast. But like for for other ones, that's up to up to Keith and hosts and etc. Like go for whatever you want to go for. Um, I just like to brag about my stupid thing I do on the TFW thing because because they As made they had they made a whole bo- a whole board rule that I could abuse. It was great. <laughs> All right. And uh, for this, uh, you can find this podcast and more at popgeeks.com. You can find me if you search for at Keith Hayward or at Keith Justice. Get which one I am on Instagram, but you'll be able to find me. And uh, yeah, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you guys next time when I think we'll probably be doing like Suicide Squad. So see you there. Wait, wait, wait. No, the, right? Um, Yes, the second one. Right, right. Coolio. Hey, speaking. <laughs> hey, speaking of confusing frigging branding. <laughs> oh, I didn't even know that was the difference between the two. Yeah, yeah. The the new one has the in front. That's how you can tell the difference. Everybody, write that down. Thank you guys for listening, <laughs> and we're out. to treat yourself to a frozen drink from Mickey D's go on and on and on. It's more than a drink. It's a Mickey D's drink. Your new flavor craze is here. From sweet and fruity frozen Fanta Wild Cherry to the classic cool of a frozen Coca-Cola to the tasty and tart frozen Fanta Blue Raspberry. Get any size for $1.59. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. ba da ba ba ba